Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. There's local politics, bud. I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. Was that supposed to be funny? Get these clowns out of here. Why would they do that? You were having a freaking game. Dude. It's a cocky bunch, man. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. All right, welcome in to this Thursday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here inside the Pirate Radio Studios on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. You can find us on 1250, 930, online, pr927fm.com. And watch the show on Facebook Live and YouTube. You can be a part of the show today by chiming in there twitter as well make sure you give us a like subscribe follow us and uh be a part of today's program got some guests to get to we'll talk some pirate football with the uh the bowl eligible pirates with kevin monroe he'll join us on the pit electric live line coming up at four o'clock we'll get his thoughts on ecu byu talk about the bye week look ahead to cincinnati all that and more with kevin monroe at four o'clock we'll talk some high school football as well dh conley beginning round one of the playoffs friday night right here seven o'clock on pirate radio we'll talk to their head coach nate connor coming up at around 4 30 today as they get ready for leesville road coming up friday night seven o'clock you can hear the game right here on pirate radio and at five o'clock ecu hall of famer touchdown tony collins will join us fresh off a guarantee that he uh, nailed Troy D last week. And uh, I kind of roped you into this guarantee. Yeah, now it's cost me money. <laughs> now I got, I got to buy Tony a ham now. Instead of ECU losing to BYU and Tony Collins having to get a ham tattoo on one of his ham cheeks, instead we have to buy him a Thanksgiving ham. Which would have only been the second tattoo in history for Pirate Radio. You know, Shirley got one That's a right. long time ago. This would have been epic to have Tony do it. That was pre-social media when, t- when Shirley got hers. This would have been great. We could have live feed it's on video with tony on his butt cheek but uh no we'll go get you know tony ham, he so. might double down double or nothing so maybe that's we can true get let's hold off out before of we go day. buy the ham maybe yeah. we'll go for two tattoos I'm a ham man versus two hams uh or a bigger ham maybe ham and turkey tony collins joining us at five o'clock that'll be a lot of fun and uh troy d is here and joining us very special guest here uh first time on pirate radio Parker Bird hanging out with us in the Pirate Radio studios today. Awesome to have you, Parker. How you doing, man? Good. How are you guys? Doing yeah, great. Great to see you, man. And I've been looking forward to this for a long time. I know um, Pirate fans have been following your your story and your journey and uh, what what's happened to right. you and and how you've responded to it. Um, first of all, great to see you. I'm great glad you're you here guys. because uh, things could have ended uh, very differently. <laughs> um, we were talking about that before we came on. For folks that, that aren't familiar, there's always new people moving to town or maybe haven't heard your story. I want to kind of take it back a few months. Uh, you, you're you're coming into East Carolina as a freshman. You're living your dream as a D1 baseball player. Um, and you're just having, man, a, a great s- summer afternoon on the water. All right. Uh, l- let's take it back there and what happened. You're on a boat and you pick it up from there. Right. All right. So... Uh, it was kind of just a chill weekend. It was a Saturday, and during the summer, we had to come to summer school for uh, baseball. So, like, on the weekends, there wasn't really anything to do here because no students were here quite yet. So, one of the one of the teammates, uh, he actually came in a little bit later than we did because he was a late recruit. But um, he came in, he was like, hey, uh, I have a place in Bath, which is, like, probably 45 minutes away from here if nobody knows where Bath is. Small little town, I think. 
Mm-hmm. But um, so he's like, I got a place in Bath. So we're like, cool. And he's like, yeah, I got a boat, yada, yada. I was like, all right. So it was a Saturday and uh, actually it was a Friday. And we all, after like our morning lifts, morning run, we uh, decided to go up to Bath and stay at his place. And then um, Friday went well. We went tubing. It had a great time. And then Saturday, we weren't supposed to go out. We were supposed to um, – I was supposed to take one of the other teammates that was there with me um, back to Greenville because he was supposed to help do some volunteer hours, like moving furniture. But around 11 o'clock – he was supposed to do that around 1. But around 11 o'clock, he got text like, hey, uh, we don't really need you anymore. Thank you. All that good stuff. But um, – so we're like, hey, let's go out on the water. Um, Got a free afternoon. Yeah, free afternoon. Why not? So we uh, we all get ready. We ate lunch and all that good stuff. And then uh, we went out on the water. It was me and another one of my teammates named Dixon Williams, who's mm-hmm. a Greenville uh, native. Sure, Dixon's been on here yep. before. Nope. A friend of the program. Yeah, yeah, he's great. But um, me and Dixon were on the tube, and it was the first ride. Went good. We both fell off. We're like, all right, let's get back home. So we both got back home, and then um, the driver just went a little bit crazier the second time, you know, just teenagers having fun. And Dixon fell off, and then the driver snaps the boat the other way, and then um, the bo- the tube hit a wave, and I was the only one at the tube because Dixon had fallen off, and it hit a tube or hit a wave, and it like flew way up in the air Mm -hmm. well one thing about me is i'm terrified of heights so i let go Mm -hmm. i was like i'd rather just fall off so i let go hit the water pretty hard i was like man i gotta get back to this boat so i was swimming back to the boat and i felt like it was a long swim just because i hit the water pretty hard but um i swim back and i got up probably about 10 15 feet from the boat and my girlfriend was a little bit left of the motor she was putting the ladder down there was a couple guys on the uh on the boat and then all of a sudden i saw the boat coming in reverse and all i could think about was like oh lord what in the world is happening so uh, as soon as i could think of anything the boat was on me Mm -hmm. and i pushed off from my left hand and then uh the boat had stopped i don't know like what happened because they're all yelling at the driver like please stop all that so i think he just put the boat in park or whatever and then so i pushed off and then as soon as i like could everything was clear one of my teammates was jumping into the water to try to save me uh this guy's from florida so so when you said save you when the boat was backing up right it did it Oh, yeah, is that it, the it, part it, where yeah. the, the motor right hit your yeah leg? so the propeller just hit both of my legs it hit my right one more than my left because i was a little bit to the left of the boat so it hit my right one uh, a little bit more than my left and then it also got my hand from where i pushed off so as you were trying to get into the boat like, right and anybody that's tubed before i mean you right, back yeah. a lot of memories from college <laughs> yeah. um and, and you fall off all the time yeah either, all the time yeah and eventually you got to get back in the boat right usually the boat stopped yeah normally it's in park yeah or off or so you're approaching somewhere. the boat it's backing up and unfortunately the prop hits you right yeah so so the prop hit me and then that's when i pushed off and then after i pushed off the did you realize stopped. what it ha- like yeah i realized what happened but it didn't really hurt like in the moment it was more like it feels uncomfortable kind of uh-huh. like something's up i'm not quite sure what it is 
but I don't. It just feels weird. So right. I, then I saw one of my other teammates jump into the water, and uh, he was helping me like swim back to the boat because I was trying to swim, but it was more like dog, doggy paddling at this point. And so as soon as I got to the ladder, they had to like pull me up because mm-hmm. my legs couldn't like get onto the ladder or anything. So they pulled me up, and then I could realize from their like just reactions to like when they could see like my legs. They're like, oh, we need to call 911 right now. So they called 911, and then in the meantime, uh, a couple other of my buddies were trying to tie like their shirts around. Almost like a tourniquet. Yeah, trying yeah. to tie a tourniquet. But uh, unfortunately, it wouldn't fit around my legs because mm. of the size of my legs. So they're over here tying shirts together. They're try- just trying everything they could. So they got a couple tourniquets on my legs, but it really wasn't enough to stop the bleeding. Well, in the meantime, they were also trying to wave down boats. So they waved down the first boat, and the first boat was like, sorry, can't really help. Here's the first aid kit. Wow. Yeah. Was, Holy cow. They were like, okay, well, this isn't going to work. So um, they threw the first aid kit. They said they only know where it went. They just threw it and continued to try to wave down other boats. Well, the like the river was very like calm that day. Like There wasn't a lot of people out. But they said as soon as my accident happened, like all of a sudden all these boats showed up, mm-hmm. and they said it was like really weird. But um, now were you like in shock almost at this point? Yeah, while was, you're was, in the boat, I was you're, still you're in bleeding shock. out. Yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah, a m- major catastrophe. At right? This point. Yeah, I was in shock. I couldn't really feel the pain at this moment. I was just going off of their reactions. So I was like, "Ooh, it must be bad." Because like, did you look down or not? I couldn't look down. <laughs> yeah. But I could feel so. My leg obviously was cut up pretty bad, mm-hmm. and for them to tie the tourniquets, they had to like literally flop one, like my leg over mm-hmm. on my leg to even tie the tourniquets, and I could feel that. So I was like, "Ooh, is that my leg being flopped over my leg?" Right. So it was kind of like, mm, "This isn't good." Mm-hmm. But so they're waving down the boats, and they finally waved down this other boat, and and that boat, they're like, "Yes, of course, like we'll help you." And the only reason this boat was coming back into the marina that day was because there was two couples on the boat, and one of the couples had gotten into a fight. And um, they were like, okay, just take us back. Like, we don't really want to be out here anymore. So they waved them down, and they were like, oh, yeah, of course, we'll help. And one of the ladies on the boat happened to be a nurse. Mm-hmm. So it just grace of God that mm-hmm. she was even there. And then so they transported me onto that boat. Well, uh, they had called 911, and my girlfriend had called 911, so the ambulance was at the marina, which was, like, probably a five-minute drive on the boat. And all I could remember, like, while I was on the boat with the nurse, I was just laying there, and she's trying, like, hey, it's going to be okay and all that. And she's tying more tourniquets around my leg because she, like, actually knew what she was doing. Mm-hmm. And um, she was trying to tell me, like, it's going to be okay. But all I could think about was how fast this boat was going because he was flying. Because, I mean, obviously he had to. And then they met the ambulance at the marina. And then the ambulance had transported me to Washington Hospital, which is probably 10, 15 minutes away from the (gasps) marina. And uh, they I didn't even go into the hospital. So I went straight to the helicopter pad, and there was a helicopter waiting for me there. They rushed me straight onto the helicopter, and the helicopter took me from 
Washington to Greenville. Mm-hmm. So, so during this, it's I, I just can't imagine you know what you're right. going through, and you know how just one fun summer day is really going to just right. change your life forever. You get to Greenville, and then you get the best medical care, obviously you yes. can hopefully find, and then it's just the beginning right. of your comeback really yeah. because at, since then i believe it's been what 22 surgeries, 22 surgeries yes, sir. um and at the time your your, le- your leg was still a part of you yeah. they, they had to give you the news at one point that right. it, it needed to be amputated i'm sure that was very difficult yeah. to hear yeah on august 4th um my leg was getting so my calf was dying was the reason why they had to amputate it and there was there wasn't any blood flow going to my right foot because whenever the accident happened my nerves clamped down, which like saved my life, but it also caused me to lose my leg. But so the blood, it was able for the blood to come up, or it was able for the blood to go down, but it couldn't come back up because the nerves were clamped. And uh, so my foot, I couldn't move my right foot the whole entire time I was in the hospital. And uh, so they were, on, they had me on this drip. I was in the ICU. They had me on this drip and uh, my calf was dying and that august 3rd night i had probably the worst night i've ever had because i could not sleep i was in like the worst pain of my life and like no pain medicines no drip was helping at all so i was just it was terrible and august 4th that morning uh one of the surgeons who's absolutely phenomenal came into uh, my room and told me that i had two options i could either continue on this drip that's not really working and the infection could spread from my calf to my kidneys my kidneys would end up shutting down and basically i'd die or i could as he said amputate your right lower extremity and i was like wow um okay well doesn't really look like i have two options um right looks like i have one (laughs) so i was like okay so i took the news I was fine when he was doing it because I was trying to act tough or whatever. But as soon as he walked out of the room, I started, like, devastating crying to my dad. And that probably happened for, like, 15, 20 minutes after that. I was kind of like, all right, well, that's what I have to do. That's what I have to do. Let's just move on. So on August 4th, later that day, I had it amputated. And then I had several surgeries after that to, like, they kept on going up higher and higher. And then at one point in time, they were going to have to go above my knee. And I didn't, I'm sure most of y'all aren't very familiar with prosthetics and stuff, but a knee is like the main thing. Like it's really key to movement because then obviously you can attach, move, yeah, attach yeah. stuff and move your knee. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier. So that was kind of a devastating blow. And um, so they're like, we're going to have to amputate above your uh, knee. And I'm like, okay. So that my dad started doing some research, and he texted some people. Uh, Shane Coltrane, who's going to be my prosthetic guy, mm-hmm. um, he texted him. and was like, hey, what kind of function can we have, like, above a knee? And he was like, um, it's definitely going to make it a lot harder, but if anybody can do it, Parker can do it. So my dad obviously was devastated because, I mean, he's glad I'm here, but he also wants me to play baseball again. Right. And – um. So, uh, so then he's like, oh, let me talk to Dr. Falk, who's my rehab doctor. And, uh, 
So they came up with a plan to do a disarticulation through my knee, which is when instead of them going above my knee, they go, they cut through my knee, mm-hmm. which saves the side-to-side motion that because your thigh muscles are attached to your knee. So if you cut above your knee, therefore you won't have the side-to-side motion as well. So they're like, we're going to do a disarticulation through his knee because uh, all the bones below it were dead. So that's what they were going to do. And I had a couple surgeries before they were going to do it. And the first surgery, it was actually uh, not my regular surgeon. It was a person I was filling in for him because he was gone for the weekend. He was like, yeah, those bones are dead. And we're like, yeah, we know. And then that Tuesday, um, it was the last surgery before my amputation, like above my knee or the disarticulation. And Dr. Ziri came back and he was like, there's a little bit of blood flow to those bones. I'm going to stop cutting for right now. So we're like, my of course, my parents took that and ran with it the mm-hmm. most. But he told them, let's not get too hopeful because I don't know what this is and all that. So they're like, okay, it's a little bit of hope. That's what we've been praying for. So um, so then the next surgery, he's like, yeah, it's a lot of blood flow. Like, basically, his tibula is saved. Like, because I had been doing hyperbaric which is basically this tube. It kind of looks like the little male tubes that you send up male into. Yep. It looks like that, but it's a big form of it, and it's pressurized oxygen, mm-hmm. oxygen which helps healing of dead tissues and muscles. So um, I've been doing that. So I honestly, I think that prayer and hyperbaric mm-hmm. saved my knee because the tibula was had blood flow to it, but the fibula did not. So, which is fine because with a prosthetic, the fibula is honestly just uh, kind of annoying because it just causes irritation and stuff like that. So, well, you've probably gotten a real medical degree oh, over yeah. the last uh, few months that, and stuff like that. It's funny. It's funny though because I used to be like terrified of blood and all that, but now I kind of want to go to the medical school. The, so. um, <laughs> and the, the technology on these uh, prosthetics is just absolutely oh, yeah. incredible. We'll talk it's about crazy. that coming up and, and what the future holds for you. If you're just tuning in, we're talking to Parker Bird, ECU baseball player who was involved in a uh, tragic boating accident, as you heard him describe moments ago this summer. That has uh, just been been an incredible road to recovery here. Part, and I'm not trying to be overly dramatic. I'm just stating the way it is. I mean, it, it, you almost, I mean, you've been on death's doorstep mm-hmm. a couple times. I mean, the the boating accident itself, you almost bled out right. and could have died right then. Uh, the infection in the hospital mm-hmm. could have taken you out. Um, there's been a couple of times where I know it, it was not looking yeah. like you might even survive. Right. Very true. I mean, so I, I, you know, when I first heard about this, I didn't know how serious it was. And I was like, oh man, this is, I felt bad because I was like, could, this could affect his plane. You right. know, you see, yeah. I, I just thought it might have just been something. And then I heard how serious it was. I was like, well, forget baseball. Yeah. Is this kid going to live? Yeah. You know, but to see you and talk with you and see just, and I've talked with a lot of folks that know you, just your positive attitude towards this thing has just been amazing. What do you attribute that to? Um, Really, just my faith and my family and friends, really. Um, they've been there through it all. And just now my mindset on life in general just kind of take a, taking a full circle because before the accident, I was so focused on baseball, like just really like zoned in. I mean, obviously here playing at East Carolina is pretty serious to this community and stuff, but I was just trying to be the best version I was in the baseball aspect. 
but after my accident i'm just kind of more like i mean baseball is kind of minor compared to life so i mean i'm just lucky i'm here parker i looked at it from your perspective what if that was me and your situation and thought about it like that but i also have a 13 year old and thought about it as a dad and like from a parent's perspective and for you to tell the story like you have and to go through it it shows your maturity and strength but uh tell us about your your parents and how they've helped you through all this process because man it's it's tough on you it's super tough on them as yeah, well for sure so um they've been great from i mean obviously day one since i've been here but the accident happened on july 23rd and um they were they had just gotten back from uh yellowstone and my sister was at uh a camp so they had just gotten home and they were just unpacking and stuff like that and my girlfriend had called them and said hey parker's been into a boating accident so they had rushed up here from laurenburg north carolina which is where home is and that's two and a half hours away well on the way up here my dad i got a flat tire because he was like driving on his shoulders and all that well it was a saturday at like four o'clock so they were like what tire shop's gonna be open well luckily they found this little tire shop and they had one tire in the whole entire place that would fit my dad's car and my dad's like i don't care just throw it on and i "I don't care how much it is but uh they could tell that my dad was like in a hurry so they threw it on there really quickly and they rushed up here as soon as they could and they've been here ever since day one like they've literally moved up here now just to help me um my dad has been driving back and forth from here in laurenburg because his job's still in laurenburg for right now and uh and for folks that don't know your, your parents i believe are both pirates yeah they your, are your dad both went to undergrad here also uh med medical school mm-hmm. mom's a nurse right from here so yes yeah, so i mean your heritage uh <laughs> is, is strong in the yeah, pirate nation here. that's right yeah they both came here so they're very familiar with the area obviously that's grown a lot since they've been here but uh so they're very familiar with the area and they've always wanted to move up here potentially but they didn't know it was going to be like this yeah. so uh but i mean they've been great um so they up and moved their life just like that um same thing with my sisters they have had to move schools my sister's a junior in high school and then my other sister's in fifth grade so i mean that's pretty key moments in your life yeah. especially being a junior that's in the middle of your high school experience but i mean they've been very positive about it they love it here so i mean i kind of view it this way your support system has been uh, just as amazing yeah. as your recovery and i think you know your your family has been obviously first and foremost i think cliff got cliff godwin and the mm-hmm. and the baseball guys have been amazing and then also the community uh the the outpouring mm-hmm. of support from this community with your story and fundraising and all the things that have been going on have just been uh spectacular when you put all three together right. it's really i'm sure got to be uplifting to you even with all the tragedy that you've been through yeah for sure i mean i can't really say enough about uh coach g and the whole team they've been uh they've honestly been there since day one of the accident as well because the first person at the hospital was coach Gowan. uh many people don't know that but mm-hmm. he heard about it he went there i wasn't even there yet and he was there and um so he's been phenomenal uh same thing with the team i mean they have and some of the people from back home but they uh they have so when i was in icu my window was facing the parking deck and uh 
they came and they all made posters and i'm sure some of y'all have seen this like through facebook and stuff but they had all made posters and i couldn't see any of these guys because um like the visitation rules in the hospital Mm -hmm. so they all made posters and said stuff on it like we love you we're supporting you all that and i mean that was really just a turning point in my recovery really in the hospital because i mean i didn't really have anybody besides my parents yeah and then i mean them just showing that they really cared and same thing with the pirate community and greenville in general they've been amazing i mean the food trains the GoFundMe's, all the fundraising i mean that really does mean a lot to me and the family and all that can you stick with us for a few minutes sure sure let's take a break uh clip will come back i want to talk about where you are now in your recovery what uh what this process is like because you're been very active now uh now that you've got your health back uh you might be missing part of your leg but you're a healthy (laughs) young man and uh what that means what you've been going through, what the future potentially with you with ECU baseball still is, what your involvement is right now with the team. So I want to cover all that when we come back. Uh, just an amazing story of Parker Bird's journey back here, um, as I said, really from death's doorstep. So it's amazing that he's even here to talk with us today. We'll continue on with him when we return right after this. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Grab your amigos and head to Chico's for the best Mexican food and fun in Greenville. Come and enjoy favorites like shrimp tacos, steak and chicken fajitas, burritos, enchiladas, ACP, and more. Follow Chico's on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates. For Mexican food and fun, it's got to be Chico's for dine-in or to-go. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Cliff Brock. All right, talking Pirate football in Hour 2 with Kevin Monroe. We'll talk some Conley football. Nate Connor will join us. ECU Hall of Famer touchdown Tony Collins still to come. But right now, Parker Bird joining us inside the Pirate Radio studios. Troy D and I and he, uh, told his story earlier and, uh, and then what a story <laughs> it mean, is. Yeah, and, if you missed the first segment of the yeah. show, I encourage you to go back and, and hear it archived on our many, many platforms that are available. Uh, just an amazing story. And a lot of new information. Part There's a lot of misinformation out there about how it happened, what it happened. So to hear you tell it in your, your own words. Uh, you know, I, I was telling you, I'd heard, oh, the, we got caught up by the rope. Yeah. I think the rope got caught up in the prop after the fact yeah. disabled the boat which is why you needed help from That's another right, boat yeah. we i don't know if we had said that or if you had mentioned that because I, I was asking during the break how come you guys just couldn't get to right sure yeah. but it was the boat was disabled at that point right. so you needed help i just can't believe the people the first folks that drove <laughs> by said sorry here's a first here's a band-aid basically maybe uh, that, that was that was uh, god telling me i needed that yeah, well, i yeah, can't get over it when they do the parker bird movie it's gonna seem fake when you've got <laughs> the nurse on the boat and then That's the true. one little tire shop has one tire lift yeah. like it all kind of yeah, came that was, together that, I mean, that, that was yeah. pretty interesting before we kind of go ahead troy with the recovery and everything i do want to ask you like you you are mature enough to to tell this story and i was thinking back i broke my thumb playing uh baseball in ninth grade and i had a cast and i'm like how am i gonna go through everyday life with this cast on uh yours uh, a little more severe than that but like 
the like with the realization process and setting in like this is life now like at what point did that kind of come to you especially for an athlete yeah it's like, mobile like it's your, a, your your sport you usually need you know yeah. literally life-changing yeah. i mean like, like yeah so it kind of just really set in probably a week after the amputation probably around when they were telling me that it had to go above my knee that's really when it was probably like oh this is like not not a dream not really mm-hmm. a nightmare but um so yeah and especially kicked in like as soon as i got out of the hospital like just because i had to face challenges outside of the hospital that i didn't have to before my accident so i was like just for instance getting up the stairs in my house that was one of the yeah. biggest things like i never thought i had to worry about that but i mean that's kind of life now but yeah and for folks that don't it's your right leg right leg yes, sir. and uh just think about you know driving yeah you know yeah, all le- of a sudden that's a left foot drive yeah i mean that's a whole new world now i mean yeah. anyone that's you know right foot <laughs> try driving with your left foot and, yeah. and see how it's, unusual it is it's, it feels weird you get used to it but i mean it's definitely tough with the drivers here in greenville there <laughs> yeah <laughs> <A little> crazy. <laughs> trust me i noticed that last night um and for folks that don't know you still are enrolled at east carolina yes sir uh number take, 16 t- on you're the still roster. you're That's still right. at east carolina baseball I just came from the offices today and uh i heard you know they've got the what the purple gold world, world series, series going on this weekend i heard uh i'm gonna have a special guest coach out there from what yeah, i've heard um, so so team sailor uh i'm gonna be the assistant coach on uh team uh garrett sailor's team we did a draft yesterday it's uh carter spivey is the other coach head coach for the other team and should be good should be lots of fun i think uh first game is friday at 3 30 i'm pretty sure and then saturday's at 11 something and then Sunday is at 12. So, so, so you're still, for folks that are wondering, you're still part of the team. Oh, you yeah, know, sure. this, this hasn't changed that. Obviously, uh, it's changed your day-to-day routine right. and how much you, you can do with the team day-to-day. But let's talk about what your routine is in, in the recovery. Because I know spending a lot of time with my buddy Kevin Youngs yes, uh, over at Youngs Physical Therapy. What's the, what is the, you know, rehab like after a, a severe injury like right. this amputation what would tell us you know what you're going through every day okay yeah so um i started out young's great place um started out there i was rehabbing there for a good bit and then i had to switch my therapies to uh outpatient at the hospital because they're just really working on my knee my right knee now to get ready for the prosthetic so i had to go do that but i'm still at young's doing the strength performance there which is absolutely phenomenal they uh, kick my butt every day. So um, I'm going there, and I'm also going to next level. And I'm also working out with Coach Wilson with the ECU baseball team. Mm-hmm. So I'm really just hitting all the spots. But it's been tough. But, I mean, I was 141 pounds coming out of the hospital, and I was 190 going in. So it was it was a lot of weight loss. But yeah. uh, thankfully I'm gaining it back through the recovery process and stuff. So What – um you know through that process the next step is the prosthetic and i'm no expert in this field but it seems like the technology like everything has really advanced Mm -hmm. and i you know i was talking at lunch today with some friends and i was thinking back to the guy from you know south africa that that you know won a gold medal might have been in the um the bilateral uh amputation he had two legs yes yes but so I mean, it goes to show you can be active again. What is the, you know, how does it work? What type of prosthetic do you get? And 
is it possible that you could make a return to play baseball again yeah so um there's different prosthetics for really any event you want to do that's including like swimming like if i want to go swimming i want to have a prosthetic for that i could as well but mine will be more baseball related so i'll have an ankle that will turn and twist just like a normal ankle would and it's going to be a suction prosthetic so instead of like a pin it'll it'll have like a kind of a suction cup to my leg and it's going to be on there pretty tight and um obviously i have my knees so i'll be able to do like move up and down with my knee and then it's going to be kind of a kind of like a vacuum so like it'll absorb the energy and then it'll release it as well so it's it's really high technology uh those guys are geniuses that make these uh prosthetics so and Shane Coltrane is great with prosthetics, and he knows what he's doing. So, and there's definitely a possibility I'll be back for sure. So, Parker, when do you get that? Um, so I get fitted the 15th of this month. So they will uh, just do a molding of my leg, and so therefore they can make the like top cup, which will change over time. And uh, so I get uh, fitted the 15th, and then hopefully. I'll get my leg um, early December, late November, so, somewhere. There. All right, so before the end of this year. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you'll be fitted with that, right. off, hopefully off of crutches. Yes. And back, able to walk, walk. able to run. How, right. how mobile will you be? Um, so then I have to learn how to walk again. So they said that usually takes around a week. Uh, once I get it, I'll have this, it's called a wearing schedule. So, like, for the first couple of days, I'll only be able to wear it, like, an hour and a half. Uh, then I'll progress to, like, three hours a day. And then by the end of two weeks, they said I should be, like, normal and just being able to wear it all day. But I'm going to have to learn how to walk again, which shouldn't take too long. And then I'm going to have to learn how to run, which I, they say is more of a process just because the balance is a little mm-hmm. different and all of that stuff. So... I mean, and then after that, it's on to baseball and learning how to just just adapt to, I guess, hitting and fielding and all that good stuff with a prosthetic legs. So. Are you throwing it all? You know, just playing uh, catch or anything? Sit, or? Sitting down a little bit, yeah. throwing and hitting. And then I'm also just doing like one-hand drills, hitting and fielding. And then uh, I use my crutch sometimes to do um, front toss. My dad would just front toss me, and I just – do uh one-handed drills yeah. and stuff so what what do you think maybe like all right give yourself 12 months to kind of get yeah. used to it rehab get everything you know yeah. uh, peak performance i mean do you think this time next year you could be mm-hmm. you know ready to try yeah. and play division one baseball yeah th- this time next year I'll be, I'll be ready for sure i'll be on a i won't be an assistant coach to a Brooklyn <laughs> gold team you're gonna get drafted i, I mean i gotta tell you and, and i i truly hope and pray that happens i think it would be absolutely uh, amazing and you want to talk about one of the great comeback stories right what is um you know coach godwin said uh, about that process uh he's all in i mean since day one he, he's believed that i could do it um which i mean everybody that i surround myself with it thinks i'm gonna come back and which is i mean really all i need is positive energy and uh so i mean he's all in he's excited he's uh really just been there through the process and he's i mean sometimes i have to miss practice to just like go to therapies Mm -hmm. and all that stuff so i mean i go to the practices every day i can 
but sometimes I have to miss for like therapies and all that good stuff. All right, we got a lot of people waiting. The numbers are through the roof online. Listener, we appreciate everybody <laughs> tuned in today. Um, John Locke says uh, on Facebook Live, I have a uh, pros- prosthetic and I played rugby at ECU, which is mm. a huge club sport. You've got this. Heck yeah. So, uh, rugby. I love it. <laughs> Steve Hill saying uh, he'll provide you a free ride anytime you want. I believe he's a uh, local <laughs> he Uber does driver. Uber and Lyft. So, yeah, yeah. if you need so, a ride. Uh, he said anytime. We can call his bluff on that and absolutely do that. Uh, Josh Thomas, uh, Thomas says uh, an absolute miracle that Parker's even able to tell a story. Uh, Jeannie Myers, we love you. Parker. Craig says uh, you're an inspiration to many. Welcome to Pirate Nation. So, um, it really is an incredible story. As I said, I, I think the best thing about it is just your, your incredible positive attitude right. through this whole thing, where it just would be really easy to get down, to feel sorry for yourself, or feel that, man, things mm-hmm. are over. But, you know, I just feel like the best could still be yet to come for you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when tragedies happen like this to anybody, I mean, their first reaction is going to be down. I mean, nobody's going to be excited or happy that anything happened. So, I mean, I would say there was a couple of days in the hospital where I was like, my life's over. I even said to my mom one time, like, there's no guys in the MLB or D1 that have a prosthetic leg. And I'll never forget her response. There has to be a first. So, yeah, I mean, that was going to be my next question. If, that, has anyone played baseball nah, in college? I don't, I don't know, think. I mean, I think there's been, like, lower divisions. Yeah. And, I mean, there might have been a couple other sports, but – only thing I, I think of close was Jim Abbott uh, pitching with one arm back yeah. in the day, yeah. and threw a no hitter, I believe. Yeah, actually, yeah. so but I, that's all I can. But think you know what? Terrible. Yeah. Why, yeah, why yeah. not? Maybe there just hasn't been an opportunity right, like this exactly. too. It's yeah. not often that accidents like this happen yeah, exactly. to D one baseball players. Maybe this is the time. Exactly. You know, and, and, and I why agree, not? there has to be a first. Uh, why not? So that's really just been my mindset through it all, and just staying positive because I mean, there's no reason to really be negative. I mean, it happened. It's over move on that's really kind of i've always just been like i've always been a guy that's been like what's next yeah what's next so i mean honestly it's given me more of a challenge in life than hey what's next yeah and and i do think once you get that prosthetic fitted and it's working right and you're used to it and it becomes truly an extension of who you are i think that's kind of life-changing too i think then you kind of get your Mm -hmm. almost life back you're not on crushes crutches you're not depending on everybody for everything and you can kind of go back to who you you were independent yeah yeah i'm excited man uh i've been feeling i hate being babied but i feel like the past six months or whatever i've had to get babied just naturally i mean my mom sometimes is like you say you don't want to be babied anymore so she just leaves me in the house and doesn't do anything for me i was like mom careful what you wish for yeah i I kind of dinner would still be nice mom (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) so i'm like mom i do need help something but yeah i mean i'm ready to be more independent and just learn life with a prosthetic which really is going to be an addition to myself so were you serious about maybe getting in the medical field what are you doing as far as studies go yeah so um i'm majoring in business right now um which at first I was going to do, be a financial advisor and I was kind of just going to be like a recruiter for baseball and like with their financial guys. But um, ever since the accident happened, my dad's always since like whenever I was a little kid, um, he's told me and my sisters, y'all need to be a radiologist. Y'all need to be a radiologist. They make lots of money and they don't really have to do too much. They can work. Yeah, I got home. some friends or yeah. them. I yeah, so probably agree with your dad on that. <laughs> chose the wrong path. So he's like, be a radiologist. <laughs> and uh, 
So I've always been like, man, I hate blood. I yeah. cannot do the medical field. And, I mean, I think this is really just a crash course. My accident was like, <laughs> hey, this is how it is. Yeah. I mean, and the, a lot of medical school opportunities yeah, here at exactly. ECU. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a great medical school. So, um, so, yeah, but I was scared of blood. So then I was getting my blood drawn every hour. Yeah. So it's kind of just took a whole turn. And now, I mean, I'm majoring in business, but to take the MCAT, which is a test to get into medical school, um, you just really have to take class, like specific classes instead of like a degree. Mm-hmm. So I'm just making sure that I can uh, take those classes and just learn about the business side of stuff too. So, so you might want to go to medical school is what you're oh, saying. Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah. Hopefully here at Brody Medical School, but we'll see. Awesome. <laughs> well, that'd be great. Uh, you want to get another break in? Yeah, clip. we'll take another time out. We'll, uh, you want to wrap up the hour with us when we come yeah, back? All right, sure. cool. Uh, more Parker Bird when we return here on Pirate Radio Live on a Thursday. Purple Gold World Series coming up this weekend out at Clark LeClaire Stadium, and it begins on Friday at 3.30, Saturday 11.30, Sunday at noon, followed by Meet the Pirates at 2.15. We had Coach Goblin on last week. I think he said they're going to have some signed pennants and things like that, so it should be a fun time out there Sunday after the noon scrimmage. Uh, More Parker Bird when we return on Pirate Radio Live after this. You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. University PC Care has been Pirate Nation's go-to IT expert since 2006 and are the local tech support experts for any of your business needs. Let University PC Care take care of it so you can take care of business. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live here on a Thursday. Shirley Rhodes, Chandler Honeycutt, Troy D here, and Parker Bird joining us uh, here for hour number one. And uh, Parker, it's been awesome to hear your story. And uh, I like when you said you've always been kind of what's next, moving forward. So you're uh, you're looking to the future. You've... uh, you know, there's always some some positive with the negative, and you've uh, been able to talk to some cool people and do some cool things uh, since you've uh, come out of the hospital. I saw you were uh, sounding the siren at the Hurricanes game recently, right? Yeah, um, that was great. I went to the Hurricanes game last Friday, and they were playing the Islanders, and I got to ring the little siren thing. Did uh, you? Was it set second. up ahead of time, or did they? It was. So, um, so we have a friend that owns a suite there mm-hmm. so we got to watch the game from the suite well the friend told one of his co-workers at, about i mean they both know my story and all mm-hmm. that so the co-worker told it has connections to like the siren because he's done it before too so he has connections to him and he's told the story and they're like yeah of course and so yeah very cool um and we mentioned too obviously still involved with ECU baseball, what's your uh, out? You know, you're friends with a lot of guys on the team. Yeah, as they're getting uh, some fall ball activity in. What uh, What are you thinking of ECU Pirate baseball this season? Oh, um, it's going to be exciting. Uh, we have a lot of new pieces in the infield. I mean, y'all probably going to see a freshman shortstop, which is great in my opinion. But um, 
So there's going to be some new guys coming in, some transfers. They're going to be big parts to the team. We got a guy from A&M, got from uh, VMI, and a couple other schools. So, I mean, they're going to be really key pieces this year, especially with the pitching staff, which is absolutely phenomenal. Um, they look good every scrimmage, every um, – really every practice and stuff. So, I mean, it's going to be exciting. Uh, they're going to – I mean, they're still working on some things, definitely. But, I mean, I think just from watching from the dugout and then being into the, in the dugout, um, I think the chemistry is going to be – key this year and just the guys playing like for each other like they do every year so and for folks that don't know you're an infielder and you were telling me before any position but first base yeah i can play middle infield third base and i guess none of that changes right no no sir all right when uh we always talk to players and by the time they're seniors or former players they they love cliff godwin he's a brother he's a friend he's a father figure whatever they are but they always say the first year is kind of tough so what's yeah. the uh what's your first impressions um, of uh coach goblin as a coach um i would say i had it a little different than other guys uh, <laughs> definitely because of the accident and stuff but i mean he wasn't really here a lot during the summer because he was with team usa yeah. so um i wouldn't say we got lucky because obviously he's the best coach in the nation <laughs> but from the from the yelling part we did get lucky but <laughs> Um, he did come in, the, I think it was a week before my accident was the week he came back to summer school. So I, I experienced a little bit of him, but I mean, it was honestly, it was fine to me. Jeff Palumbo's always been a mild mannered guy to me, but I've been told he can yell uh, oh, if, yeah. he, if he needs to um, as well. Yeah, I mean, both of them get pretty rowdy. Um, <laughs> Must be behind the scenes. Yeah, Palumbo's like yeah. the well, nicest Palumbo guy. He's the nicest guy. I love both Don't of them. Don't let him fool you. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's very passionate is what I like to say. Um, but, I mean, I guess they got to do it to be the best program in the nation. Yes, sir. So, I mean, but Coach Godwin definitely uh, rides the uh, freshman a little bit more than he does the upperclassmen just because, I mean, it's a culture here and – I mean, obviously, we have to learn the culture and, I mean, just learn the ways everybody did. So, Well, Parker, um, you know, through technology, we've got Pirate fans listening to us across the country or, or watching us uh, online. And uh, I mentioned uh, John's uh, note played rugby. earlier, yeah. played yeah. rugby with the Club prosthetic. Yeah. He said that he's, he was a firefighter paramedic with his prosthetic. He's now a nurse in the burn unit in San Francisco. Holy cow. Um, so uh he said the the nursing program at ECU is a great program yeah. uh we've had somewhat luke uh Lonbrunner weighing in here on facebook live saying he's an ecu amputee also mba ms and rehab counseling and a hockey player keep <laughs> oh, challenging wow. yourself wow. he says That's so great a lot of folks uh you know there might we talked earlier maybe there wasn't it hasn't been a d1 um, baseball player officially yeah. with oh. prosthetic, but that doesn't mean there hasn't been tremendous athletes yeah. oh, throughout yeah. the country and world with prosthetics. And as you see, I mean, they have an entire Olympic Games where you, yeah. where you see yeah. that. But which is one of my so, goals actually. Um, after I get done playing here, obviously, um, I mean, I kind of want to. I'm not a big runner, honestly, like long distance, but I kind of do want to do like a triathlon and be a Paralympian. So, because I think that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it'd be so, amazing. I mean, that's one of the goals. So, well, I tell you what, uh, you've been, you know, your story's been inspirational. As I said, we've been kind of following it 
online and uh from a distance we've been wanting to talk to you for a while and, and wow what a uh, just to hear it in your own words and, and your recovery and your added positive attitude it is truly inspirational and uh everything we've heard about you is even better than in <laughs> than, than what we thought so listen we uh think the world of you and uh we're glad that you're here we're glad that you're a pirate and if there's anything we can do to help you guys out you know going forward let us know and, and we're going to continue to follow the journey and uh, I hope we're having you in here soon. Yes, Again, yeah. talking about uh, not just the recovery, but uh, baseball yeah. and uh, doing an <laughs> NIL deal with you and talking about That's your right. playing days. So yeah. uh, I, I feel that could be in the future. And uh, we're just really honored that we could share some time with you today and really share this with the Pirate Nation of, of your tremendous story. Well, thank you guys. And thank you, Pirate Nation. It's been it's been a blast. Appreciate it. Nice to meet yes, you, sir. Parker. Nice meet Enjoyed you it, man. Yes, sir. All right, uh, Troy D. We'll uh, talk to you Monday. Yeah, that sounds good. Clip. We got a weekend off. I, I know. Do you know what to do with yourself? I'll figure it out. I saw and look. I, <laughs> I saw. That I looked at the forecast. <laughs> I don't want to get too excited, Clip. But the high coming up Saturday, eighty degrees and sunny. Oh. Troy it, D. One more <laughs> beach weekend. Eighty yes. degrees. I didn't think I was going to be able to pull it off, Clip. But it is going to be one more beach weekend. It's going to feel like summertime. How about that? Yeah. And we so. got... Uh, they going to come back with a tan. Let's <laughs> try. Tennessee, Georgia on Saturday. Tanner Bama, Bust. LSU, Saturday night. Great day of college football. So uh, I'll enjoy my Saturday off. Yeah. this is It's almost like a holiday in yeah. many ways with this football season. I'm excited. This has been, it feels like, I feel like we've played so many games already. The season could be over. But we get three more games clip. I know. So I'm excited enjoy. Let's, let's recharge. Let's rest. Relax. And let's come back ready to go for these final three down the stretch. Yes, sir. And we'll talk about it with Kevin Monroe when we return on Pirate Radio Live. Thanks, Parker. Enjoyed it, man. Thank you, guys. See you Monday, Troy D. Kevin Monroe will talk some Pirate football with us when we return hour two of Pirate Radio Live on the way after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Beauty Bar Metaspa. Do you want to get rid of wrinkles, tighten and lift your skin, smooth your skin texture, erase veins and brown spots and get rid of unwanted hair? Are you interested in Botox or filler? Visit BeautyBarMetaspa.com to set up a free consultation. Now back to the show. Welcome back. UBE has been an ECU tradition for over 50 years. You can shop online anytime at PirateWear.com. UBE has the biggest and best selection of ECU sportswear and accessories for pirates of all ages. Every day is game day at UBE. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. All right. If you are just tuning in, uh, you missed a great hour with Parker Bird. What a uh, great young man. And I think we all could take something from that conversation uh, and his story that we had a moment ago. And uh, his baseball dreams are still alive uh, as he talked about and that was awesome stuff uh with parker bird there we will now switch gears and talk some football with kevin monroe the king of halloween he joins us here on the pit electric live line and kevin first of all uh we, we put i made sure glenn put out a uh picture of your halloween costume for the promo today uh dennis robin the worm uh for 2022 and uh once again man you've outdone yourself it was fantastic well, I appreciate it. It's a, that that uh, costume has been in the works for about three years. I didn't, didn't dress up for 
for 2020 or 2021. And so uh, I've been waiting to, to break it out. So I'm, I'm glad it, it landed well. Were, uh, were all those piercings real, Kevin? Did you uh, go through with that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I had plenty of fake piercings, fake tattoos, and and all, all the trimmings. Good stuff, uh, Kevin Monroe joining us. I think Chandler's going to pop up a picture of that soon if you're watching on Facebook Live and YouTube, so you can enjoy uh, Kevin and all his Dennis Rodman glory. Uh, Kevin, how about those bowl eligible pirates? That was the line from Mike Houston right after the game on Friday night. East Carolina going to BYU and winning a thriller. And uh, had to do it in different ways. Uh, Holden Aylers joined us Monday, said that they were kind of bracketing C.J. Johnson and Isaiah Winstead, and they said, we're not going to let these guys beat you. So it was a lot of Keaton Mitchell. It was some Holden Aylers on the ground, a little Marlon Gunn, and uh, the Pirates found a way uh, offensively the other night. Yeah, it was impressive, the, the, the balance the Pirates had. I love the ability to both – uh, run the ball and pass it. Uh, you still had some good catches from Winstead and the crew, but uh, this team just put it on on uh, Keaton Mitchell's back to to win it. And he was ready to do that. I mean, he was he was making plays with his legs and uh, moving the chains and extending the quarters. And so I, I just loved his ability to say, "Hey, you know, I know I'm I'm usually a part of a one-two punch, uh, but just give me the ball and get out of my way." And uh, it was impressive. As you mentioned, Gunn came in and, and got some some nice runs as well, but. Uh, the effect that Keaton had, I know those BYU players are still thinking about him. And so, uh, to, if you look at the schedule at the beginning of the season, you'd look at this stretch that we're that we're currently in. I'm pretty sure you didn't think you'd have back-to-back wins over teams like UCF and BYU uh, to get get the virus bowl eligible. So, to to come away with wins like this, uh, it just means the program is is headed in the right direction. Uh, we're much further along than we thought we'd be, uh, and it's just a, it's just a good feeling. Kevin Monroe joining us. We talked about the O-line last week, Kevin, and I brought up Keaton and Marlon to Rajay Harris on Monday. And before he talked about those guys, he said, shout out to the big boys up front. And uh, they're just getting better and better. And one thing we know about BYU, whether they're, you know, they're four and four, they're four and five now, but we know how big, strong, physical they always are, especially on the lines. They always have some some solid lines. So once again, ECU's offensive line coach Shank and the guys getting it done on Friday night. Yeah, they are a national recruiting university. I mean, you know, if you are of the Mormon faith or uh, just kind of live, you know, in that area or just just know the history, uh, they tend to recruit, you know, from Hawaii to Florida. And so uh, it's impressive the the size they have, the strength they have, the kids they have, uh, whether they're of Polynesian descent or, you know, just or whatever. And they they have guys that can that can get it done on the offensive defensive line. That's one thing you can always expect from a BYU Cougar team. And so uh, the fact that the Pirates were able to kind of move them around a little bit, both offensively and defensively, because, you know, they were able to, to slow them down some when they tried to run the football. Now, they, they were effective. Uh, I think they probably were probably played their best game over the last four, you know, because they've kind of struggled here lately. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think maybe the Pirates thought that the game, not that it would be an easy game, but that it wouldn't be as hard as it was. And, and – uh, I think I think BYU played really, really well, and I've got actually a, co- a colleague here at my office went to BYU and uh, and was talking to me a lot before and after the game, and he thought they played well compared to how they've been playing. The Pirates just played a little bit better. Wait, did you win a bet, Kevin, against that colleague? Because I was I was very nervous. <laughs> uh, I didn't want to I didn't want to lay anything down. All right. 
Fair enough. Uh, how about defensively for East Carolina, Kevin? It was an interesting game because BYU would score and ECU would immediately answer. And they kind of just kept going back and forth. And then in the fourth quarter, uh, both defenses got some big stops. And Pirates, of course, were able to win it on the end. We'll talk about the field goal in that last sequence in a moment. But uh, what did you see uh, defensively from the Pirates on Friday night? You know what? I, I think over the last couple of games, the, the defensive backs have kind of kind of stood up and started to play better, started to play uh, you know well. Uh, they've always been good hitters back there. You know, you see Dorso and Wilk uh, and Wood. Uh, those guys they they tackle well. Malik Fleming. Uh, they all tackle well. The coverage hasn't been hasn't been great. Um, you know, I think Malik Fleming has played really really well all season long, but. Everyone else, there's been some, there's been some holes out there. There's been some, some deep balls caught on people, uh, some catching and runs, uh, yards after the catch uh, have been uh, kind of plaguing the Pirates secondary. But I feel like over the last couple of games, especially with the, you know, how potent the U- UCF offense was, they they really stood up and played well. And I think it carried into this game because um, this is one of those games on the road. You know, a raucous crowd. You know, if you you give up a couple big plays, it can really get away from you. And they gave up some. Uh, but as you said, they settled in in the second half, started to play better, got stops when they needed them, and uh, it was it was effective. So I, I really appreciate that from the secondary. I would say, um, you know, linebackers and D line, they were effective of, of, of getting upfield, getting in the quarterback's face. He was able to scramble, get some yards with his feet. He was actually killing us with the, in the first half with his scramble ability. Uh, so that that was tough, but they settled in a little bit better, just like the secondary in the second half and were able to get some stops. And so those stops late in the game uh, were huge. They had a couple on fourth down. Uh, so it, it really made the difference. Uh, this, but the defense, I felt like, really really stood up and, uh, and, and, and made it a game. Kevin Monroe joining us. Kevin, uh, let's play some Monday morning quarterback. And you could uh, go back and see our reactions live. Myself, Chandler, Billy Weaver were getting ready for the fifth quarter on Saturday night. So we went ahead and popped up uh, Facebook and YouTube. So we were on live. So you got to hear our thoughts as they were happening. I thought East Carolina should have punted uh, on it. What was it? Fourth and six, fourth and eight. Uh, pin them deep, play for OT. They decide to go for it. Immediately when Ehlers throws it, I'm like, what in the world is he thinking? But they get that pass interference call on Isaiah Winstead. After that, I say, all right, well, let's stay aggressive. Let's go for a touchdown. I don't want to settle for a field goal the way we've been kicking field goals. Well, they decide to do the opposite. They get the ball right in the middle of the field, kick a field goal. So I was kind of 0 for 2 on my coaching calls and uh, what Mike Houston did worked. Uh, But what what did you think of that final sequence there, Kevin, uh, for the Pirates the other night? I, I'm I'm kind of with you. I was okay. I was okay, okay playing for the field goal because I wanted them to kind of run the time down and say, okay, let's win it here. Uh, so I was fine with that. But in terms of going for that fourth and six, I, I was not on board. And I, I love Coach Houston, and, and 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 usually I'm right with him. But I just felt like uh, if that didn't work out, they were going to give the ball up in a in a not so great situation yeah. and give them time to go down and, and win the game. And so uh I, I wasn't in love with that call but as you said it worked out it was definitely a pass interference i mean it was not even close um but you know it just it, it, those aren't high percentage plays and so uh it worked out in our favor and then you know it comes down to the kick and you know i don't know what you thought about the kick and i haven't heard you know conrad speak about the kick but it looked like he was just trying not to miss it he didn't put his full leg into it he almost was almost like a chip shot when you're playing golf he just kind of barely hit it no no serious follow through and that thing just kind of squeaked in, and I was like, oh, my God, what was that? But we'll, we'll take it. 
It was one of the lowest game-winning kicks I've ever seen. And, uh, yeah, I thought it got blocked. And uh, we were watching the replay afterwards and saw that, no, nah, it got through clean. It just uh, it didn't get off the ground very high. It didn't go very far, but it was far enough. My, Mike Houston, right after the game, the cameras were on him when he told Conrad that was one of the ugliest kicks he's ever seen. But it don't matter. It was pretty because uh, they ended up winning. So six wins for this team, Kevin. And I saw Steven Igo uh, from Hoist the Colors put this up earlier I believe he said it is the second earliest. Let's see. The 2022 ECU football team joined the 2014 team as the only pirate squads who have reached bowl eligibility before the month of November. So that's uh, that's since uh, the six win mark was officially implemented in the mid 2000s. So that was a you know uh, a little after your time there, Kevin. I'm sure y'all got there probably earlier, but that, that was kind of interesting to read. Uh, even those you know skip teams, uh, I guess, in the uh, 2000s. I remember thinking that because, I mean, honestly, we as we were looking at the schedule kind of unfold the second half of the year, we were kind of picking and choosing, okay, we feel good about Temple. Yeah. Okay, we're going to have to win one of these games between UCF and BYU, and maybe we'll go down and shock Cincinnati or whatever. We were kind of trying to figure it out to get to get bowls. Well, you didn't want to have to come down to the Temple game but to happen. So you're right. I mean, I, I could just remember thinking when that game ended, wow, how are we already bowls with <laughs> three games to go? Uh, and so, yeah, it's just it, it's unexpected. Um but, you know, you look around the, the college football, I mean, I think the, the UNC has, has won seven or eight games, and they've played no defense all season long. And so teams are finding their way to win, and, and why not the Pirates, right? Why not the Pirates, both offensively and defensively and special teams? They haven't always been great, but they've found ways to win, and, and they're going bowling. It's, it's a good feeling. Kevin Monroe joining us. Here's a kind of a – we get kind of bogged down week to week, Kevin. Kind of a big-picture question. We've talked about this. Uh, I have said, and so I guess the two options are, you know, keep that red shirt on Garcia, although he can play in three more games this year, and we have three games left, so you can kind of implement him in there. But the Pirates are still kind of chasing a conference uh, championship berth. If they can win out and some things can happen, or do you kind of just throw them in fresh uh, next year against uh, against Michigan and uh, in the big house? I I want to see him have some meaningful snaps. Uh, I also want to see East Carolina win and hold Naylor's keep putting up numbers. But I would rather have him uh, some meaningful snaps here towards the end than than not. Uh, how about yourself? What do you What do you think? To, do you think we see Garcia in any of these last three games? I'm just happy the kid's still here. You know, <laughs> this day and age of the of the transfer portal, I just can't believe that we've had him here for three years and he's not played and he's okay with that. And you know. Some of that has to do probably with him having a girlfriend that goes to East Carolina. That always makes kids think differently. But I'm happy that he's still here. I'm excited for him to play against Michigan in week one next next year if, if healthy and all those things work out. But, yeah, with three games left, play him. Get him some snaps. I'm not saying, you know, you throw him out there in crucial situations when you need to win a game. But, it, you know, it, it, when I played, you know, David Garrard was a starter, but Richard Austin would get – Two to three series a game, mm. and he would just bring he would just bring him in and just work him in because he was going to be the next quarterback. And they wanted to make sure that he just understood what it was like when bullets were flying out there on the field. And so you got to get guys in there and, and let him feel some of that stress. And so uh, he has been in you know a game, but and he's played in the past. But I think he needs more reps. And 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 if he's going to be your guy next year, if everybody thinks he's going to be the guy, then play him now. Uh, you're not going to burn the red shirt and let him get some some reps out there because at the very least. The way he's able to run the football just adds another dimension to your to your team. It's something the teams can't prepare for. Just like the BYU quarterback was just running all around the place against the Pirates, he can do that to other teams. 
Kevin Monroe joining us, Pitt Electric Live Line, East Carolina off this week. They'll be on the road uh, at Cincinnati next Friday. Kevin will join the voice for his next broadcast, a big one here at home against the Houston Cougars and kind of talked about it with Holden Aylers on Monday and Xavier Smith, Miles Berry, these guys that this really is the end, Kevin. The COVID year uh, added another year. We got to enjoy some of these players that we've gotten to know over the years, but uh, the, the finality is finally starting to hit these guys. They only got one more home game left uh, at Dottie Ficklin Stadium. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, it gets on you quick. I mean, you come in as a freshman and all you want to do is get on the field and then all of a sudden you're on the field and you start for a couple of years and all of a sudden it's time to leave and you just it just it gets you so quick and and those guys will be sad and the fans will be sad cause they've been around for so long but this team has a chance to do something special i mean there's, there's been very few pirate teams that have eclipsed nine wins that have eclipsed 10 wins and only one has gotten to 11 wins and so uh you know they they finish this thing out strong and, and can get two or three more wins including the bowl game uh they could they could go down as, as one of the better teams in pirate history so there's still a lot to lot to play for a lot going on. They can still make their mark. So, yeah, it'll be sad. Uh, but the fact that they've managed to, to put together these wins, and that's with the you know the huge disappointment in the NC State game, the huge disappointment in the uh, in the Navy game, and they still have six wins with three with three weeks to go, is as impressive as it's been around here for a while. Kevin, the bye week means different things to different players. We talked to a lot of veteran upperclassmen guys, so for them. The number one thing they said when I said, you know, what's the, what do you want to accomplish this bye week? They, they said rest, uh, relax. Yeah. They're going to have practice, but maybe a focus on the the younger guys, guys that haven't played a lot. Is that what you remember about bye weeks, Kevin? I mean, sit your butt on the couch, take <laughs> video games, do your schoolwork. Don't wait. I mean, don't bother those legs. That's that's all I can remember about bye weeks. Just rest in my legs because. You know, I played special teams. I played defense. You felt like you were never leaving the field, and so a lot of these guys do that. They they play so much, and you you just you expend so much energy on the on, in a college football game. And then during the during the weeks of practice, when the practices are really tough, you know, Tuesday and Wednesday they usually lighten up. You know, second half of the day on Thursday, and then kind of have walkthroughs on Friday. Those are rough, rough practices. So hopefully, you know, in that bye week, the the, the practices are slower. They they're not hitting as much. They get time to rejuvenate. And, and heal up some of those wounds. You know, it, it, football is a 100% injury game. Like, you, every player has something wrong with them between game one and game 12. It's just some, it's something's going to happen. It may not keep you out of the game, but it's going to bother you. And those are the things that you got to ice up and, 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 uh, and rest and, and be ready to go because it's just such a long season. To get through nine weeks and then have your bye week is a, is a long time to go with those banging, nagging issues. Kevin Monroe joining us. I'm not complaining about the bye week either, Kevin. I'm looking forward to watching some football on Saturday because you got uh, Tennessee and Georgia. And if you're not a a Tennessee believer yet, then uh, there's something wrong with you. They have passed every test so far, but can they go into Athens and beat Georgia? It's kind of starting to feel like that LSU year where it was kind of a flash in the pan, but they they had that one year with Joe Burrow. It's starting to feel that way with Tennessee, but can they beat big, bad Georgia on Saturday, Kevin? Listen, Tennessee was the deal when I was coming through. You know, in the yeah. 90s, towards the later part of the 90s, you know, they were really good with, uh, with Peyton Manning and they won a championship with T. Martin. I mean, they they were the deal. And for them to fall as far as they've fallen over the last 25 years is kind of insane. They, they have the run of the show there in the state of Tennessee in terms of the players that they want. I mean, obviously there's – Vanderbilt there, there's Memphis there, but you know if you offer a kid 
uh, in the state of, in the state of Tennessee, and he he turns down Tennessee. Something's not something's not right. So that's they they get all those kids. And plus, they also get kids from Western North Carolina, they get kids from Georgia. I mean, they they have a recruiting ground that's crazy. Their facilities are awesome. So everything is there for them to be good. Uh, getting in Coach Heupel makes all the difference in the world. He's finally got them believing in themselves again. And just the fact that they beat Alabama should make everybody believe. Yeah, Alabama just doesn't lose regular season games. And so get that win. Uh, I, I fully expect them to go into Georgia and play well enough to win. Will they pull it off? I mean, Georgia's got crazy pedigree, and they know how to win games too. Uh, who knows? But they will be ready to play. Kevin, I, I did not enjoy uh, the Cowboys whooping up on the Bears. I did enjoy Tony Pollard getting me 33 fantasy points, uh, man, with, with Zeke out. And I know Jerry is a, a Zeke lover and saying all the right things, but, man, Pollard showed what he can do, maybe made himself a ton of money uh, with his performance on Sunday. Well, there's no question. And, you know, it, it still remains to, to be seen whether Tony Pollard can carry the ball 25 times a game for several weeks in a row. Because that's what the Cowboys are about, right? They're 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 trying to be a run first team. They got a really good offensive line. They want to pound you and then go play action pass. They don't have the receivers that they've had in the past, so they're just trying to kind of piece this thing through with the run game. And so you need that one two punch. I'm I'm glad that Paul is playing well because that allows Zeke to rest. Just a season ago, Zeke was banged up and kept playing, and he wasn't himself, and it, it wasn't pretty to watch. And so now he can rest, take his time. He got a bye week. If he wants to come back after that, he can. If, if he wants to sit another week. He can because Pollard's playing so good. The NFC beast is back. No teams under 500 with Washington winning on Sunday. The Eagles should be able to sleepwalk to a victory tonight over Houston. Uh, we got that for you tonight on Pirate Radio. Washington uh, welcomes in Kirk Cousins uh, back to FedEx Field uh, on Sunday. Commanders trying to get to over 500 for the first time since they were 1-0. and So, man, Kevin, it's uh, it's fun to watch some, some pretty good football on Sunday, some winning football. Yeah. Yeah, the NFC Beast, I think I saw something that said that they, they have the most wins in conference at this point through eight games of the season than any other conference has had over the last, like, 20 years. Wow. I mean, you got, you got a couple teams with six wins, you got another team with seven or eight wins, and then you got the Commanders with four. I mean, it's really, really impressive for everybody to be four, uh, 500 or better. Uh, and, you know, I'm not going to say that the, the NFC East has played the toughest schedule in the world. I know the, the Cowboys have, like, the second or third easiest schedule the remainder, remainder of the year. The Giants have something similar. The Eagles have something similar. I don't know the commander's schedule as well, but we're all playing the same team. Yeah. So I assume there's, there's the same. So Playing that AFC South is helping out, uh, Kevin. Exactly. <laughs> so you, you just, it's just one of those years where the schedule works out. And the, and the teams are playing well. Just watch out, Kevin. If we get that Snyder black cloud uh, away from us, things could happen. Positive things could happen. So we'll see. Kevin, uh, appreciate you joining us, man. Uh, we will check in with you again next week and uh, get ready for Cincinnati. That'll be a big one coming up next Friday. But have a great weekend, and thanks, as always, for joining us, man. Absolutely. Appreciate it, Cliff. All right, there he is. The worm, Kevin Monroe. Uh, Chandler had some fun during that interview, popping up the uh, montage of – the collage of picks from Kevin. Uh, what'd you think, Chandler? You're a big Kevin Monroe Halloween fan. How do you think he did with the uh, Dennis Robin this year? Absolutely phenomenal. And I'm just I'm I've got it back on the board here because I just want to keep looking at it because it's it, not just him. He doesn't just he so, doesn't, so he's got a jersey. He doesn't half ass it. I mean he does <laughs> he, he does. I mean he do, he did the hair. He's got fake piercings. He's got the tattoos. Tattoo, tattoos. He's got the left uh, elbow pad. He's got look the jersey looks legit. He's got finger tape, like every little detail. 
the rings through the nostrils. I mean, ever since I found out <laughs> that he was such a Halloween expert and such a talent when it comes to costumes at Halloween, I have looked forward. And I mean, I think I've looked forward to this since I think we started talking to KMO when football season yeah, started. Late and, August. I, and I think the first time we ever, uh, late August, we talked to, K, uh, to KMO. And I, I think I talked to you on, off the air. I was like, I wonder what he's going to be for Halloween this year. And the thing about Kevin Monroe is he's not going to let you know. And I don't think he lets us know until about a week ahead. Yeah. And um, every year you look forward to it, and it surprises you because you're sitting there thinking, all right, what can he do this year? I, I thought he did a great job last year. Can he do better? And it just seems like every single year he does a better job, and this year it's even better. The finger tape, I'm just now seeing the finger tape. It's very detailed, man. It's very good stuff. Oh, my gosh. All right, let's uh, get a break in. We'll come back when we return. Uh, we'll talk to the head football coach of the D.H. Conley Vikings, Nate Connor. Will join us. His team taking on Leesville Road coming up Friday night. Touchdown! Tony Collins had to move to Friday, so we might have a uh, free space five o'clock. So get your topics ready. Could be a wild uh, five o'clock here on Pirate Radio Live today. I think Troy's gone. The bosses are gone. We can let loose. Talk about whatever you want to talk about. So well, chime in. Boss is still here. Oh, Troy's still here? No, John. Oh, crap. Well, no. We got to button up. Yep. Act right. Yep. Sit up straight. Uh, we'll talk to Nate Connor, Conley Football. You can hear it on Pirate Radio Friday night. You can hear Nate Connor when we return after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Beauty Bar Metaspa. Do you want to get rid of wrinkles, tighten and lift your skin, smooth your skin texture, erase veins and brown spots and get rid of unwanted hair? Are you interested in Botox or filler? Visit BeautyBarMetaspa.com to set up a free consultation. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. In case you haven't heard, Winslow's is now 5th Street Hardware Restaurant and Tap Room. And with a brand new look, 5th Street Hardware has a new menu and serves lunch and dinner Tuesday through Sunday, plus brunch starting at 10.30 on Saturdays and Sundays. Follow Fifth Street Hardware on Instagram for the latest events and specials. It's a new look, a new name, but it's the same location on Fifth Street right beside the State Theater. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live here on a Thursday. Emory Hunt. Uh, oh, my gosh. Were you about to read that? Great minds think alike. Wow. We're just Twitter addicts like ourselves. Yes, I stay on Twitter. But, uh, yeah, I I literally just read that about 20 seconds ago. Friend of the program, Emory Hunt. Yeah. Been on this program several times. CBS Sports Network. Uh, Comparing Isaiah Winstead to a wide receiver that went early in the draft last year, George Pickens out of Georgia. Should we read read the tweet? We'll uh, alternate words. Okay. All right. Some. Pro team will get themselves a steal with ecu wide receiver isaiah winstead he's this year's version of george pickens in my opinion period period i think little scary would have something to say about that uh funny you mentioned that surely little scary has already said something about that oh actually i said something about that i said isaiah is an elite receiver but he's a terrible music critic. <laughs> Hashtag a little scary. 
A little scary diss track on Isaiah Winstead coming Monday. Stay tuned. Can't wait. Uh, I like it, though. Emery is... Uh, He's good. His voice carries some weight in the football world. And if nothing else, uh, gets Isaiah some pub. But, um, I, I mean, he's a baller, man. He's just, he turns the, uh, the, flips the switch when the game, when that clock starts ticking and he uh, hits the field. And he's eye candy to the to these scouts, especially, and I don't know how many scouts have been out to practice this fall. So. Uh, a lot. Actually, I talked about that with him off the air. And he went through all the teams that's been out there. Really? And pretty much all of them. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and I was going to say, and I'm pretty positive, and I have confidence that he might get an invite to something, maybe like a senior bowl or like a combine situation. Yeah. But the first thing they're going to notice with Isaiah Winstead is his height. I mean, he is your ideal receiver. He's very tall uh, and got long arms. So, And he's he's showing his ability and his talent on the football field so far this year for ECU. And when, he, when we first got him in the transfer portal – this is the guy that Holt Naylor's recruited and wanted, and you're te- you can already tell that that is a great connection, and a, they have a great uh, they have great chemistry on the field so far this year. Looking to looking forward to seeing what he can do and and see how he can pr- produce for the Pirates th- these next three games. Great job uh, holding on the recruiting front, right? Yes, big time recruiter. And uh, Pirate Al, I saw he uh, posted something on Hoist the Colors, and I want to read the names real quick. Uh, he said Bates, Winstead, Red, Washington, Mims, Johnson, Powers. Man, did our coaches hit home runs with these young men. Think about it. I mean, this uh, transfer portal, this transfer market is an inexact science that I'd say over the years, East Carolina historically has had more misses than hits when it comes to the grad transfers, bringing guys in. I mean, you think about course the scotty montgomery area era uh did not have many hits in that department but i mean they are just about batting a thousand right with the guys they brought in to uh plug in and play right away this year and it's it's from different positions you yeah. look at the offensive line the offensive line has been great this year you've got a, ju- a guy like justin red uh you know parker moore who's had some playing time this year uh, you got some other guys, maybe in like Ben Johnson, but there's a lot of guys that you know contribute on this football team this year that have, were in the transfer portal in the off season. Of course, we have to look at uh, he's hurt right now, but Jalen Johnson is yeah. a guy coming from Georgia who was producing a lot for the Pirates earlier this year. He's got a nagging injury going on right now. Hopefully, he can get back on the field and finish strong for the Pirates. Uh, of course, who we've been talking about, Isaiah Winstead. And then maybe some guys on the uh, defensive side of the ball. Apri Washington uh, maybe has not has not made him as much noise as he did in the spring and the fall. Uh, but starting he's to play there. more. Chance Bates has been Chance Bates. a huge impact. Could be our best linebacker. And he's a familiar. I mean, he comes in familiar with um, Blake Harrell. He was coached by Blake Harrell at Kennesaw State, I believe. Um, and he, yeah, absolutely. He's got to be up there when it comes to leading tacklers for the Pirates. It seems like he's one of those linebackers where it seems like he's on every single play. If he's not on the tackle, he's at least around the huddle, like maybe like a Zeke Bigger or a Jeremy Grove or something like that, or some bigger names uh, that we can mention. But yeah, Chance Bates is a guy that I didn't even think of until you until you said him. But there is a lot of guys on this football team that are contributing in year one. And, I mean, transfer portal was a big thing, especially at the receiver room, because there was a point where we looked at the receiving room and we're like, who's Holt Naylor's going to throw to? You lose Tyler Sneed. You have C.J. Johnson, who was in the, uh, 
in the doghouse and, and suspended there in for the a little house. bit. And so, uh, but yeah, everything worked out, and the transfer portal has been a blessing for the Pirates this year. Uh, well, this is part of our Flight by Yingling practice report, brought to you by Flight by Yingling, the next generation of light beer. Don't just raise a glass, raise the bar. Flight by Yingling, available wherever beer is sold. Shout out to uh, Ronnie Woodward, formerly of the Daily Reflector. I, for, I didn't read this the other night during the fifth quarter, but during the game, Friday night at... 10-16, he says, feeling a big play coming from 40. Let's go. And then at 10-28, he's just sent 40. That was when uh, Bates made the tackle on a fourth down play mm-hmm. to get the ball back. And um, and then the, on Saturday uh, night, I said, good call on Bates, by the way, Ronnie. And he said, I love Bates. He has some Fred Wilson vibes. Fred Wilson. Transfer to fill in a void. And I said... Yeah, it felt like Fred was a 40-year-old man compared to his teammates, and Bates kind of feels like that, too. Yes. Do you remember Fred Wilson with the skip teams, or are you too young? Uh, well, I was going to say, is that early 2000s? So that it's was like more mid. mid. Yeah. Nah. And nah. You're, you're pretty mid. I'm mid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Fred Wilson was a... I definitely a know the name. Transfer linebacker, just a very stable, like, veteran presence, and... uh and Chance Bates has provided that, but it also has provided a lot of plays uh, for the CCU football team. So, uh, good call, uh, Rhonda, on the uh, the Wilson to Bates comparison. All right, let's head out to the Pit Electric Live line. And uh, I'll ask Coach Nate Connor about his former guys, uh, Holt Nailers and C.J. Johnson. But we'll talk some Conley football as they get ready for the playoffs. Coming up Friday night, 7 o'clock, right here on Pirate Radio. It'll be Conley versus leesville road and nate connor joins us now on the program coach how you doing today thanks a lot for having me on clip doing great how are you hey doing great ready for some playoff football and uh dh conley back uh where you you always have him coach playing postseason football so uh, i know uh just like every year you're glad to be back just get in and see what happens so uh how do you feel with your uh your team heading into round one here you know, Cliff, I'm really excited. Uh, it's it's always special to be playing football this time of year. It's in the air with the, the leaves changing, the temperature. Uh, it's when football is meant to be played. And when you play meaningful games where one team in the stadium uh, season ends and one keeps advancing, it's a lot of fun. So I'm excited about our boys, where they're at this week, and uh, for the opportunity. Nate Connor joining us, Coach. Uh, I want to go back to a, a tough stretch in the schedule, and you played you know two games in a span of four or five days against really good teams, and and had leads in both of those games in the second half against Havelock on a Monday, and then Friday a rivalry game with JH Rose, and you have those late leads, and you don't win those games, and but you're able to turn that around and, and get a big one against Jacksonville, and we kind of talked about that before the season that the schedule never really lets up. It's always a challenge for you, so you don't really have time to hang your head. But how much, uh, you know, how big was that for you to and your team to face that adversity, to lose those tough games, and to bounce back? That, that was a big part of your season, and, and one of the reasons you're in the playoffs here. You know, I think it it put us in the situation we're in right now, and that's why we feel really confident going into this game. Not that we're not playing a great opponent, but we feel we're battle tested. We played a lot of good teams ourselves and been in those moments, so this is nothing different this week. Um, you know, we were disappointed that we didn't win either one of those games those week, but we also didn't let the just the record or the score on the scoreboard define that. We felt we played really well and did some things, and 
we well, I was really proud of that next coming week playing a great opponent in Jacksonville that we were able to come out and not get down and continue to improve and play a really really good game against a good team because it could have easily gone the other direction and we might not be in this moment right now if we, if we lost that game playing this game uh, uh, tomorrow. And you go out and uh, win your last game of the regular season against the uh, Crosstown Rivals South Central to to get where you are now. So let's talk about uh, your offense, Coach, and how are things clicking as you head into this game on Friday night? You know, things offensively, um, they've been a little erratic this year. Um, I think we have some really talented athletes and some guys that we just necessarily haven't been on the same page at all times. Uh, and I think we've been saying all year we're just waiting to erupt. At, at times we did it in those rivalry games that we lost, those big games. We, we weren't just consistent enough uh, on that side. And, and it's going to take us tomorrow night playing a complete game doing that. You know, But we have some explosive players. Our quarterback um, has really done a great job um, this whole season. He's had some tough interceptions and turnovers that he's not proud of and you know that might look a certain way. But he's made a lot of things happen for us and done some good things. Um, and then we got some special skill players in Isaiah Crumpler and Cooper Markham that have just been dominant at times at, uh, during the season at certain points. And, and we're going to need them all to come out and play really well tomorrow. Nate Connor joining us. I always have to ask you about Isaiah Crumpler, uh, who does so much offensively and defensively uh, for this team. And, and you got a lot of guys who are, are giving it. They're all out on the football field. But, man, uh, Crumpler is such a, a weapon for you, such a great player. And, Nate, uh, every time you're on, you talk about uh, what a great kid he is as well. He really is. And he does everything for the team. Uh, he, he never comes off the field. Last week he, he played offense. He played defense. Uh, he returned a kick for a touchdown. Um, he, he just does everything for us. He's he's a great leader for us. Um, I'm very proud of the growth he's made, and he's done it in different ways this year. As in, you know, next, last year he had some big explosive games where he kind of took over in certain spots, but he's played in so many different roles for our team this year and just done it at such a high level. He's, 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 we're glad he's on our side. Nate Connor joining us. Coach, what do you know about this 8-2 Leesville road team? What kind of offense are they going to be throwing at you, uh, defense? And do they remind you of any team that you've seen uh, so far on the field this year? I think they're a very well, well-rounded team. They're, they play complementary football where they can, they, they're still generated off the run. Um, they get great movement on the offensive front. They have a good offensive line that's well-coached. Um, and then they have some running backs behind it. But then they will take advantage of the pass if you try to load the box in the run, and they have a quarterback that's very capable of doing it, and he's a runner himself. They have talented receivers. Um, so they, they can definitely do some things on that side of the football, and, and we got our work cut out for us. They, they're they 8-2, and two, like you said. they uh, You know, their two losses are two really good opponents. Um, so, you know, I think we're very similar teams in that way. Um, we played. We played a tough schedule. They played a tough schedule. They've, you know, their losses. Those teams are in the playoffs. Both of them, and you know, they they just have a. We have a work cut out for us tomorrow night. Yeah, playoff Conley football heading your way Friday night right here on Pirate Radio. It'll come up right after the high school huddle. Morgan Aylers will be here at six, and then uh, football at seven o'clock. And coach, at this point in the season, you want to obviously perfect what you guys do well. But I know you're you're very creative and innovator. How, how much stuff can you add during the week of a of a high school uh, football schedule? And, and can you add something heading into the playoffs? A new wrinkle or two. I think it's always important that we we have to maintain our structure and who we are. I think you can mess up when you get in these games because you're playing a, a little more unfamiliar opponent you don't see week in and week out that's talented. 
and good. But you have to can trust on your plan that's got you here. Um, so, no, we'd add things that we feel uh, go against their structure and what they try to do in their scheme, just like they'll do for us. Yeah, we do. And we try to try to put that in, but we got to make sure when we add something, we're not well, it's not something brand new with four days of practice to really get the opportunity to work on it that – you know, we want our kids to be comfortable in what we're doing and understand, hey, if you do what we've been working all season, that's enough. We just got to go execute it at a high level. What's practice been like this week, Coach? Does it feel any different? Do, do, are the players acting any different? Is it business as usual? What's it been like for you guys? We, we've had a great week of practice. Um, and I think we've had great energy. We, we were able to bring some of our young guys up that were on the JV. So that always helps with practice depth, keeps things fresh. Um, and I think they've done a really nice job with that. And I think, you know, when you get this time of year, it could be your last Monday. And the goal is always to see, hey, can I get to next week and have another Monday? Can I have another Tuesday? And so every one of those could be your last practices. And I think that's what part of that's what makes it special. It's challenging, but it's what makes it special too. Nate Connor joining us on the Pit Electric Live Line. Nate, while I got you here, uh, man, how proud are you of what you're seeing from uh, some of your former Conley Vikings, Holt Naylor, C.J. Johnson here uh, at East Carolina and the, the performances they've been putting up this year? Well, those boys make me proud every single week. Um, I know how hard they work, what they put into this program. Um, you know, the re- part of why they wanted to stay in Greenville was how much this program means to them and, you know, the success they're having and, and it was cool. I hated we didn't get to watch them last Friday when they played on Friday night, but uh, they, they do a great job every week representing our school. And hopefully you'll be missing their game next Friday, meaning you advance uh, in the playoff, Coach. Another Friday night game coming up as uh, East Carolina will take on Cincinnati. It's Conley and Leesville Road coming up Friday night uh, right here on Pirate Radio. Coach, what are, I don't know, a couple of keys uh, you guys are going to have to do well to get this W on Friday night. Yeah, I think we're going to have to always establish the line of scrimmage. Um, we're going to have to stop the running game up on the offensive line. We can't just let them weigh on us. Um, and then we're going to have to, you know, force them to play the box. Uh, they do a good job in coverage and everything else. So we're going to have to force them on the box. And we're going to have to make a play or two, some, some game-changing type. To get quick scores for us, and whether it's on special teams, whether it's a turnover, you know, whether it's a big offensive play that just really gets our boys going, I think we're going to have to do all those things. Nate Connor joining us, uh, Coach. Uh, and I'll tell folks out there that uh, Conley in the playoffs in football is, is not always been the norm. Uh, as a grad, I can say that uh, it didn't always happen. It didn't happen a lot back when I was in school, but you've set the standard. You've made it uh, the norm now. So keep up the great work. Uh, go get a win on Friday, and uh, hopefully we can talk to you again next week. Thanks a lot, Clip. Let's, uh, let's look forward to getting together next week. Go Vikings. All right, let's keep it rolling. It works. It's worked with Will Bland in the past. Uh, if Rose wins next week, we got to get him on the show because uh, we were doing interviews with him every week uh, when they had their run to the Eastern uh, Final uh, years ago. So uh, hopefully, we'll be talking to Nate Connor next Friday about uh, or next Thursday about more Conley football. Next Friday, they will play Leesville Road coming up. Friday night, 7 o'clock, round one of the North Carolina State Football Playoffs. We got Will Bland to the state championship last year. We single-handedly willed Will Bland to the title. Chandler, playoff week, man, as a uh, former long snapper. What, all those memories and emotions got to be bubbling under right nothing now. Like it. And nothing I, like it. It hit home when Coach Connor said that you're sitting there 
wondering, all right, is this the last Monday? And then you have to quickly say, no, let's not make it the last Monday. Let's be here next Monday. Um, my junior year, we actually went to the Eastern Regional Final, and we played uh, Plymouth. And uh, we were practicing on Thanksgiving, so that's that's when you know when you're practicing on Thanksgiving and that kind of thing. And that kind of and that kind of deal loves to bring up teams practicing on Thanksgiving. Oh man, and loves that, it. So we had a, a team meal, and that was awesome. And you know, it, playoff football in high school and the Friday night lights and that first game of the first round of the playoffs is uh, the nerves are the nerves are rocking. But I mean, once the whistle blows and the kickoff starts, it's. Uh, it's an awesome experience. All right, let's uh, take a break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up hour number two. For the second straight week, I forgot to do uh, picks with Stephen Iga. Mm-mm-mm. So we are going to try to give him a call at 5 o'clock. Although we have been cursing at each other. So I don't know if he's going to answer. Can you read the text and bleep out what y'all said? Yeah. Uh, I said, you doing anything around 440? Can I call you for picks? He said, I'm actually recording by po- my podcast from 4 to 5, most likely. And I said, bleep you. Oh, wow. And he said, don't wait till the last minute, bleep. Wow. So then uh, Tony Collins dropped out, and I said, Tony Collins dropped out for today's show. Got any time to talk for a few minutes in the 5 o'clock hour? He said, I could do a few minutes right at 5, probably. And I said, all right, Bleep Boy, thanks. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. He has not responded to that. Wow. <laughs> and there's a good chance he won't answer at five. Wow. But we're going to try. We're going to try to uh, get those picks in. It's like a little name calling on oh, a man. Thursday afternoon. Like there's Just, nothing like it. Yeah, it's fun. All right, we'll take a break. Come back, wrap up our number two of Pirate Radio Live after this. listening to hour two of pirate radio live this hour of prl is brought to you by beauty bar metaspa do you want to get rid of wrinkles tighten and lift your skin smooth your skin texture erase veins and brown spots and get rid of unwanted hair are you interested in botox or filler visit beautybarmetaspa.com to set up a free consultation now back to the show Welcome back for the latest breaking news, interesting stories, and awesome contests that can make you a winner. Be sure to follow Pirate Radio on our social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PR927FM. Join the over 60,000 followers today. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. You know, there was a combined no-hitter in the World Series last night, and nobody really cares. I don't really care. Do you care, Chandler? I mean, not really. Charlie, do you care? Uh, I find it interesting just because it hasn't happened. I find it interesting. I feel like this would be a huge deal if I was younger. And I I don't know. It's just kind of It's the second no-hitter in World Series history. It's the first time it's been a combined. But what kills me and what interests me is that this is the same offense that they shut down last night. This is the same offense that they gave up five home runs to the other night. And then the very next night, they couldn't hit anything. In fact, they didn't hit anything. Hey, son, let me let me tell you something. That's baseball. That's the, that's the game of baseball. Where's Molly? Look, y'all. Son, really? Really? I mean, you think just because they hit five home runs one night, they, ain't, they can't do it again the next? 
<laughs> or that, that they're going to do it again the next really <laughs> uh maybe if it was a no hitter and not a combined no hitter yeah, i was deal. about to say the same thing i think if it was just one pitcher i'd be a little bit more interested than I, a combined one. i combined no hitter no matter the situation um really it like it's like oh man the, te- the other team didn't hit you know the first time it happened uh that i recall watching baseball uh kent merker i believe for the braves was involved in one and i remember the picture of like the three pitchers holding a baseball and i was like well this is really really neat and it happened last night and just i'm and not it, 10 years old anymore. and maybe and maybe this is talked about more than i think to me it's not but you mentioned this earlier talking to parker bird um an amputee jim abbott throwing a no hitter that's crazy to have one arm and to have nobody get a hit against you that's that's insane to do it with both arms is insane but to do it with one he threw a no hitter in 1993 against cleveland and he played for the yankees right yep i'm a sports guy you are a sports i just have to test myself sometimes i i have to like ask myself questions and then answer and make sure i'm right i tell you what you didn't look like a sports guy last night at sports trivia because my team finished fourth oh wow you're throwing your team under the bus you didn't say because i finished fourth you said because my team finished fourth interesting wording there Chandler. (laughs) i mean i'm a team guy wow i'm not a me guy <laughs> okay fair enough <laughs> i'm not a me guy i don't talk about me it's all about the team especially when you lose right um but no, now last week i was you know on cloud nine I, i've never been happier to finish second you're starting to say i a lot now <laughs> you said it twice in that sentence for us to finish second between <laughs> me bobby and ben and to get the job done last week but i don't know maybe it was because malcolm gray was Oh, now you're throwing Malcolm under the bus? It's kind of like hitting five home runs and then getting no hits. That, hey, look, that, that's sports trivia. But that's sports trivia, man. Yeah. Uh, tonight, game five between the Astros and the Phillies. Noah Syndergaard and Justin Verlander will be the pitchers tonight. And by the way, I'm not throwing Malcolm Gray under the bus because, man, he is a baseball guy. He helped us out a lot with baseball questions last night. Um. I saw uh, they were talking about this on uh, Pick Central. Justin Verlander, I want to say in the World Series is 0-6, if I heard correctly. <clears throat> but he has not had uh, a great postseason. And they were saying, you know, why do we always talk about Clayton Kershaw struggles in the postseason and not Justin Verlander's? I guess they both have uh, one World Series uh under their belt uh, verlander with houston and um kershaw in 2020 but uh yeah boy this pitching matchup five years ago would be must see tv now cinder is kind of a it looks like the phillies are going to do a bullpen night have cinder go through the lineup once basically and they'll uh of course houston will try to ride verlander for as long as they can astros are the favorite tonight over under if you're interesting is seven and a half it is a great sports night because we've got everything going on including college football uh five and three app state road favorite at coastal carolina i found that interesting that's 7 30 on espn nfl game tonight uh eagles two touchdown favorites over the houston texans nba tonight uh warriors at magic and 
nuggets uh-huh. i got this thing blocking my how do i get this thing off my computer all right nuggets of thunder <laughs> that was frustrating Jeez. i couldn't see what was on my computer screen and uh nhl tonight hurricanes in action against the lightning so you've got uh you got everything going on whatever you uh prefer you can pick it tonight i think i might start with i'm thinking app state coastal is going to be on my television i'm not interested at all in the nfl game i think i got miles sanders going fantasy wise but that is a bad matchup maybe if it it gets good i'll turn it over there but uh world series eh? can't get into those teams maybe some canes but uh yeah i think i'm gonna start with app state coastal tonight i mean i don't blame you i might be right there with you um app state looking to get to a bowl game uh however many times in the many years that uh their coach has been there um five and three seven and one coastal carolina at home it's going to be tough but i think the mountaineers can do it mountaineers five and three and you look back earlier this year it was my Chan Man game of the week that week. It was App State at Texas A&M. They knock off the Aggies, and next thing you know, they're getting some bad losses, and now they're trying to fight for a bowl bid tonight. Nah, Mike P says nobody cares about the no-hitter last night because it was the start of action. Tuesday, Wednesday night action. That's right. Had Central Michigan, I believe, last night. Chippewas winning on the road at Northern Illinois, and Bowling Green picked up a win as well. Speaking of which, how about our guy, friend of the show, Ben Chase? Ben Chase was featured on ESPN last night for his. Uh, he's the guy that's traveling to all these different games. We had him on the show before his trip to Provo to see ECU take on BYU, and uh, they put a graphic on the screen. They showed Ben, and it said thirty-nine games. 29,160 miles driven, seven oil changes, one nail entire, and 42 hours, the longest drive from UCF to San Jose State. So, uh, Ben Chase, pretty seven cool. Seven oil changes. <laughs> yeah, for wow. uh, for one trip. Uh, and that is indeed a long trip. All right, let's uh, take a break. We'll come back. Hour three of Pirate Radio Live. Tony Collins was supposed to join us. He is out. We're going to reach out to Igo, see if we can do some college football picks. But other than that, it's kind of a free-for-all. So if you want to jump in with a question, comment, topic, uh, the show is yours in hour number three. What do you want to discuss? Let us know, and we'll talk about it on this Thursday edition of Pirate Radio Live. We're back with you after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Brown & Wood is your home of the best selection of GMC, Cadillac, Buick, and Mazda in eastern North Carolina since 1937. Shop their entire inventory online 
at brownandwoodauto.com or visit them on Greenville Boulevard. Brown and Wood, Greenville's number one dealership and the home of the lifetime powertrain warranty. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live here on a Thursday. A couple of news and notes around the sports world. James Harden expected to miss a month for the 76ers with a foot injury. Uh, another injury in football to a player that has suffered a lot of them of recent years. Michael Thomas not expected to play the rest of the year for the New Orleans Saints. Brandon Cooks will not play tonight against the Eagles, although I don't think this one is injury-related. Brandon Cooks missed practice Tuesday and Wednesday due to personal reasons. Uh, Took to Twitter shortly after the trade deadline, and he posted a cryptic tweet seemingly voicing his displeasure at not being traded. So uh, he is doing a one-man walkout, it appears, for Houston. So uh, he will not be playing tonight in what could be a bloodbath against the Eagles. All right, do we have uh, Igo? We do. Steven Igo, hoist the color. Steven, I'm sorry to bother you on a Thursday. Oh, good, Cliff. Anything for a uh, for a friend? I'm just I'm actually sitting in my backyard right now watching uh, my son's later walk around and my two dogs. So if you hear a bunch of noise in the background, that's why. But otherwise happy to talk to you man Man, life is good sitting on the sitting outside watching the kid and the pups and you just gotta you gotta soak you gotta soak that in i go uh it is a great i mean honestly for it being early november gonna ask for an ice yeah all right the reason i called you is last week i forgot to do picks and if we did them last week i probably wouldn't have bothered you today but uh, yesterday i forgot to do picks again so he couldn't go two weeks in a row um plus we both need to win pretty badly here because uh we are both 17 and 22 against the spread this year five games under 500 that is pretty bad and honestly we were so caught up in our ECU picks yesterday that we forgot about the the picks that really matter and that's against the spread all right so uh i wrote down six games this week just kidding i wrote down five i wrote down five uh, we do not have an ECU game to pick. We will pick that back up next week when the Pirates go to Cincinnati. But I go, I got a couple of American games, and then I got three big national games. So let's start here. And uh, I'm already, I got to put my money where my mouth is here. I'm, I, I just got a feeling. I got a weird feeling. 11 a.m. local time in Tulsa, Oklahoma, that Tulane's going to come out, and, and it's a great look ahead spot for them to look at their last three challenging games they got a lot in front of them they got their number beside their name in the college football playoff poll they're thinking new year six bowl day and uh bowl game and i don't know man i I think tulsa could win it but i definitely think they can stay within seven and a half so i'm going to take tulsa plus seven and a half at home against tulane you know i'm i'm tempted to take tulsa I just think this Tulsa team is not very good. Like, I've watched them a few times this year and just haven't been impressed. Um, seven and a half, though. I guess I'll roll with it. I, I do think Tulane wins it, but I'm you know, I'm going to pick Tulsa as well. I think Tulsa uh, covers the seven and a half, so I'm going to go Golden Hurricane. All right, UCF coming off a big win. Now they go on the road to take on Memphis. 
What do you get from this Memphis team, uh, Igo, after so many soul-crushing defeats that they've had? UCF is a three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road at Memphis. Yeah, you know, it was, uh, you know, Memphis off a bye. Memphis historically get at home. UCF off an emotional win going on the road. I, I like Memphis in the spot. I just thought I would be getting more points um, to cover, but... I'm gonna go Tigers. You know, I'm gonna go Tigers. I think this is a tight game. I think, uh, I think Memphis has a shot to win it. So I'm gonna go with Memphis covers. I agree. Uh, UCF looked bad the last time they went on the road. As a matter of fact, let me look at the weather real quick. If it's below like 55 degrees, <laughs> yeah. Let's see, Memphis weather uh, for Saturday. Oh man, 67. Oh, uh, that's not good. Yeah, the low on Saturday is going to be 50, but it's not. Yeah, it's going to be. I'm taking UCF after looking at that weather. Yeah, that's probably the right call. And, you know, they're going to have a pretty favorable weather matchup the following week at Tulane, too. So they might have. They might not face below 60 the rest of the way. Are you sticking with Memphis? Yeah, I'm sticking with Congress. All right. I don't. I don't know. I, I can't wait to watch this game, uh, 3.30 Saturday, Georgia-Tennessee. This kind of reminds me, this line feels too big at 8, but I just remember the college football playoff last year. Georgia was an 8-point favorite against Michigan, and Michigan had just crushed Ohio State, and a lot of people are on the Michigan side, and I'm like, if, if this number is this big for a reason, and I just I loaded up on Georgia. It was one of my... Best plays of the year last year, and it's the same number and kind of the same situation. It feels like the line shouldn't be this big, and Tennessee is getting all the national headlines, as they should. They're an awesome team. But why is it eight? I'm going to – I don't know. I feel gross about doing it, but I'm taking Georgia at home, minus eight over Tennessee. You know, I feel pretty comfortable taking Georgia minus eight. Um, I think Georgia rolls. I think that Tennessee's getting way too much hype. Uh, well, way too much hype? Haven't they deserved the hype with what they've done on the field? I mean, they have. And both of us couldn't be couldn't have been more wrong about... <laughs> Hypo? Um, shows you how much we know about God. Yeah, I was not a Hypo to Tennessee fan, but man, he's... Uh, that. Did you watch it? Have you watched them at all? I go, they play that warp speed. Like, they do not let the defense line up at all. Yeah, and that's, that's the thing that makes them so, so good. This is so good. They just know how to develop players, and they have the right personnel for the system, as you hear my dogs going nuts. Man. Um, there's, a, <laughs> there's, a, there's a backyard fight between the between my two dogs and the little little dog next door. Anyways, um, yeah, I'm going, uh, I'm going Georgia. I think they roll. I think, I think they pull away late and win by a couple of touchdowns. All right, here we are again. I go Alabama getting a pretty big number, and are you going to fall for it again? Alabama on the road minus thirteen and a half at LSU. <laughs> Man, I feel like this has been the year Alabama hasn't been able to cover the big number. They have not. They have not. They did it for a decade or whatever, and for whatever reason, these last like dating back to last year too. I think they have uh, just not covered these big numbers. Yeah, give me the give me LSU. I, I'm not selling the LSU team, but I feel like 
at home they'll play well what, what's the kickoff time yeah this is the late uh late game yeah yeah i'm definitely going to host you to cover let me see if this is uh late cbs or late espn this will be well seven o'clock seven o'clock espn gotcha yeah i'll roll out you um i'm gonna do it one more time i'm gonna take the tide and i go i've kind of i've kind of backed myself into a corner in this game too i i don't love it but man uh notre dame i always forget the coach's name what is it chandler notre dame coach freeman marcus freeman marcus freeman they were ready to run him out of town early this year nice win against syracuse they beat north carolina every time they play a ranked team they play well they played well against ohio state i'm gonna say they find some of that south bend irish magic and again i go this is a late game this is 7 30 on nbc notre dame is a three and a half point home dog to clemson clemson the real deal but still shaky sometimes on offense i'm gonna take the irish at home here plus three and a half i know you say they're the most overrated team every year but is clemson perhaps overrated are they too overhyped like you said tennessee was yeah i am uh i i just i'm not sold on either of these things yeah i don't even want to make a pick here um i guess i guess i'll take notre dame i mean i, I hate i hate myself for doing it Clemson probably win by 40 now. But didn't the last time Clemson go there, they, they lost? Yeah, it was actually uh, DJ started because of uh, Lawrence injury, right? And uh, and DJ played well, which is why I thought he would be great last year, and he stunk. So that was two years ago when they went there and uh, lost uh, a close one, if I recall. So Notre Dame's going to believe Clemson's going to have that in their head a little bit. So yeah. Touchdown, Jesus. All right, there we go. The picks are in. Uh, I go. Thanks for joining us. Go uh, enjoy your uh, your kid and your dogs and this glorious day here. I will do that. Appreciate it. See you, bud. There's Stephen. I go. Hoist the colors. Fresh off of recording a new Hoist the Colors podcast, I believe a uh, basketball edition. So check that out when it drops. I know Chandler Honeycutt will. He is a huge Hoist the Colors podcast fan. Kenny says. Clip, you guys are a wealth of knowledge. Can you tell me why they quit doing the purple and gold chant at the games? The cheerleaders don't even hold the signs up anymore. Just wondering. Thought it was a great crowd motivator. You know what, Kenny? I haven't noticed and I haven't thought about it. But now that you mention it. Now that you mention it, I don't remember being involved in any purple gold chants. Now, maybe they do them before the game. We're not there before the game. They do it... I want to say they do it, and I hope they do it because it's been a tradition for a long time. Before the games, right? Purple and gold before the team comes out and before they show the intro video. Yeah. But there was, I mean, they used to do it a lot during games and stuff, especially like maybe on a third down or, you know, while the Pirates are driving. So, I don't know. Uh, Well, you know what, Kenny? You got a pretty big mouth. You got a nice spot. You got a nice seat. You're kind of noticeable there. in a good way. Why don't you start it? I like the uh, organic purple gold chance at baseball games, at basketball games when it's like hype uh, at the near end of a game during a timeout. Purple. Kenny, how about next home game? Gold. And you can look up and to your left and see Chandler and me. 
you give us the sign you just give us the sign whatever that sign is whether it's a hook a crossbone flashes <clears throat> flash the juggies how about this kenny next home game against houston you look up and to your left you see me and chandler you flash the juggies mm-hmm. that means we know it's time to start a purple gold chant we'll be purple and we'll us three will say it we'll point to the other side nobody will say it the first time but then we'll say it again and we'll have three four five more and then people. it starts to build and it builds what it and it, it grows it starts that you're only you two like us two will say purple then it goes to our row will say purple then red beard saying it red beard saying it he's telling everybody to say uh, it. J. Dale manning brandon manning's brother saying it next thing you know the whole section section three is saying it next thing you know the whole that uh south side saying it and then next thing you know the upper deck side is saying gold kenny and that's how it's that's how it works be the change you want to see be the change baby be the change me you and chandler will get a purple gold chance started next uh ecu home football game against i'm gonna say hey clip clip i said there's there's kenny there's the juggies it's time it's time clip are you ready now if we see you with your shirt on we're not that means we're not going to do the chant we got to see the juggies that's the indicator (laughs) the indicator is the juggies yeah Left and right. Uh, Noah says they do it before the game starts, so oh, they yeah. still do that. Uh, but we're going to get one going in-game. Oh, we're going to get an in-game purple gold chance. In-game purple gold Kenny Curlin's juggies. So there you go. All right. Uh, this is a whatever you want, hour three of Pirate Radio Live. So if you have a question, comment, concern, uh, get it in, and we'll talk about it when we return. We'll hear a little bit from Mike Houston. Uh, we also have a giveaway here on this Thursday. So we got uh, a lot more to go. Hour three of Pirate Radio Live. We are back with you after these words. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you want to get rid of wrinkles? Tighten and lift your skin. Smooth your skin texture. Erase veins and brown spots and get rid of unwanted hair. Are you interested in Botox or filler? Contact the licensed professionals at Beauty Bar Medi Spa on Red Banks Road in Greenville. Free consultation is available by calling 752-1406 or visiting beautybarmedispa.com. Enjoy your visit. Love your transformation. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Cliff. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live. We have an open hour three for you if you want to chime in with a question, comment, topic starter whatever you got we got some mike houston we will play from yesterday and a giveaway to get to a couple of comments here mike p says he's got a halloween question he says uh i usually sit in the garage with cold snacks and hand out candy on halloween i give kids grief when they show up with no costume usually consists of some booze and thumbs down boo it is always high school maybe middle school age kids they have regular clothes on and a pillowcase no effort whatsoever my wife says i'm a jerk for doing it am i a jerk for doing this i give them the same amount of candy just a little shame to go along with it 
Absolutely, you're not a jerk. Not a this. jerk. Not a jerk. No questions when, asked. When I was in high school, I, I I helped. I ended up helping out, pass out candy, and there would be those high school kids, and I, and I would call them out. I'd be like, "You go to school with me." Honestly, I would say high school kids dressed up or not probably shouldn't get candy, but uh, yeah. you know the fact that you're giving them candy and they're not even dressed up. No, you're not a jerk at all, and they deserve some of the shame they're getting. And maybe like some, uh, I don't know, some tough words. Like, what are you doing with your life? What is Brittany doing with her life? Brittany who? Spears. Oh, okay. Uh, go home and look at yourself in the mirror, son. Take a deep look into the mirror. Yeah. And what I want you to do is hold that pillowcase up. And answer me this. Do you like the person, person staring back at you? And think and, and say this to yourself. I just went trick-or-treating with no costume, and I'm in high school. Say yeah. that to yourself in the mirror. And just tell me you don't feel ashamed of yourself. Mike, you are not the jerk. And uh, I hate to say this, I, I think your wife's the jerk. <laughs> oh! Your wife is a no-costume-wearing high school trick-or-treater lover. Big-time jerk. So uh, I say next year, Mike P., I think you just should up, up the ante. And not give them candy and give them a full lashing. Just a full verbal lashing of what are you doing with your life? I say you still give them candy, but just a little bit and don't say anything and just kind of shake your head and look at them in disgust. So they know what they're doing is wrong. Good question, though, Mike. Uh, Kenny says. Can you talk about how great the NFC East teams are this year? Sure. <laughs> Going into the season. Did you read his parentheses? Yeah. But we're going to talk about every team, right? Sure. It's the best division in football. Best division ever. <laughs> uh, going into the year, I picked the Cowboys to win, mostly because I was tired of hearing about how great the Eagles were going to be. And I was like, oh, here we go again. Dream team. The Eagles did this years ago, like 10 years ago, where they had the dream team in the offseason, and they sucked, didn't make the playoffs. Um, and I was like, this is uh, dream team 2.0. Well, I was wrong on that. The Eagles are great. They're 7-0. and Main reason for that, Jalen Hurts has taken a step up and has uh, gone from a serviceable quarterback to a potential, you know, he's a Pro Bowl quarterback with what he's doing with his legs and uh has added the element of throwing and aj brown has been a huge help to that they got Devonte smith zach Ertz. uh they got weapons good defense so uh the eagles are the real deal they've allowed 118 points this year that is the lowest in the nfc by far like not even really close in fact the team closest to them is the dallas cowboys at 133 points allowed this year uh cowboys surviving without dak was impressive but got to give credit to their defense their question going into the year was weapons right uh well receivers mostly um you know with no cooper um they lost wilson i believe his name was and so it was like michael gallup was hurt michael gallup started the year injured 
Uh, so it was like important for CD Lamb to take over the number one role. I know he's had like some drops, some issues, but has still made some incredible plays. But their defense has been the key for their six and two start. I don't believe in the Giants still. That's fine. They're six and two, and they have a point differential of plus six. Like that's I don't know. It's not sustainable. Uh, they they're gonna lose some games here, and they don't play anybody. For some reason, the commander schedule is about to get really tough, but none of these other teams are playing anybody. So the Giants got the Texans after a bye, and then they got the Lions, and then they'll go down uh, NFC East Row with Cowboys, Commanders, Eagles, Commanders. So that'll be tough. But they'll get by the Texans and probably the Lions. They're both at home, and they're looking at like, what, 8-2? and two? And they'll stink. They they will lose their first playoff game if they make the playoffs. No question in my mind. The Giants will not win a playoff game this year. You can write it. You can type it. You can stamp it. Calligraphy pen. Whatever you want. Which, I mean, they go on the road this past week and kind of kind of showed their true colors. Six and two Giants will not win a playoff game if they make the playoffs. And it looks like they will because they're going to be eight and two probably. But uh, not a Giants believer. Washington is not good, but they have beaten up on some bad teams. They're good enough to hang around any game. I mentioned point differentials a moment ago. Washington's point differential this year is minus 30. (laughs) Um, For uh, comparison's sake, Carolina Panthers minus 28. So... (laughs) The commander's uh, point differential worse than the Panthers. But defense really looks to be coming around. And Chase Young showed up to practice yesterday. And you get him back in there. Defense is already playing well. They can stay in games. And Heineke can look like crap for four quarters or look pretty good and then go on a last, uh, last minute drive. They did it last week. Terry McLaurin is my angel. I love him. Taylor Heineke, man. What about him? Taylor Heineke, man. Hey, yeah, man. I mean, you talk about a guy, man. Taylor Heineke, man. Just, I mean, the offense looks a lot more productive and more comfortable with him in the lineup, with him at start at, at the quarterback position. The, I think, and McLaurin loves him. That's his guy. Yeah, because he actually throws him the freaking ball. Yeah. All right. Um, Brett says, remember when Petey looked like a captain of the ship? Why has he been demoted to deckhand? Maybe it's time to right the ship and get some new threads since the players are getting it done. Huh. Chandler, do you have thoughts on this? Uh, I remember the day, I think it was against Marshall back in 2008, where the new PD was revealed. He came out, and uh, I was kind of scared. Was that the big smile PD? Big smile PD. Yeah. And I was like, where's the old PD? Oh, and spray tan? Spray tan PD. Yeah. Was orange. And I was like, what the hell is this? So now we have this. Why is he smiling? We have this looking Petey, but I don't hate Brett's idea here to maybe give him an upgrade in clothing. Get him some captain's gear. He can look the same, but just update his uh, wardrobe. Yeah. Maybe we dress him up different for games. Maybe he uh, he has a uh, purple captain suit one game, black one game, a white sailor suit one game, gold suit uh good thoughts brett i don't know maybe we upgrade it i don't know 
Kenny asking Chandler, who would you hire as the new Panthers coach? He wants a top five. Great question, mm. Kenny. Sean Payton. All right. Um, Greg Roman. Okay. You'll see me go strongly offense here. Ken Dorsey. Ken Dorsey? Was he Bills? Bills offensive coordinator. He, <sighs> he's familiar with Charlotte. He was a quarterback coach there for years. All right, so it's more about just being Josh Allen's court, like offensive coach. It's because he does have ties there, and you like him as a coach. Yes. Okay, all right. Um, Only defensive coach I might would go for is maybe the defensive coordinator for the 49ers. Can't remember his name. And then I'll probably – I mean, I would throw Eric Bieniemy in the, in the mix. Where's uh, – I know but I looked that, at this and last. That's, and that's in Ryan's. order. D'Amico Rhines. Is that who's in San Fran? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. D'Amico Rhines. That's him. Uh, you like the um, Flores, too. Are you out Ron on Flores? Flores? I just don't know how much of a shot he'll get. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. I just don't. I mean, if I if he was like an actual assistant, maybe like a coordinator, I mean, he's what now? A, 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 some sort of special assistant to somebody in the Pittsburgh Steelers organization? And, you know, with a lot of the stuff that's surrounding him, I just don't know how much of a shot he'll get at uh, coaching, uh, being a head coach in the NFL, especially right now, maybe in the next few years. Brian Flores will be top three on my list. Absolutely. But, you know, with the uncertainty surrounding him, I'm, I'm not sure. But I'd go Peyton. I'd go Greg Roman, Ken Dorsey, D'Amico Ryans, and then Eric Bieniemy, who's been, you know, a coaching candidate for the past, it seems like, three, four years ever since – they won that first Super Bowl against the 49ers. Uh, he just hasn't landed a job. He's been able to stay in K- in KC and, and continue to – I mean, he's had weapons and Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and Patrick Mahomes. But <clears throat> I say put him in there and, and give him a shot uh, at head coaching. And Kenny has a name that will get a shot and certainly deserves a shot with the way he's been uh, – leading a defense and uh hello fellow kids how about backwards hat wearing dan quinn mm-hmm. but he's a he's a defensive guy you're trying to he get an offensive guy cowboys defensive coordinator right yeah and they've been they were awful a few years ago and now are great and if he if he does get hired by the carolina panthers that'll be the second stint in the nfc south he was the head coach for the falcons i believe he was the head coach for the falcons when they went to the super bowl yeah yeah he's uh, definitely gonna get absolutely hired so yeah I, I like i like that name i don't hate that yeah just to, and he bring in a, a good offensive coordinator whatever went wrong with dan quinn in atlanta i just i can't remember i guess maybe this you know matt matt ryan getting old that whole era just kind of went kerplunk with ryan with julio, julio. yeah Devonte freeman had phased out by that point yeah like they their window was closed and they kind of just switched up everything kind of like a carolina panther situation and ron rivera you, you talk about a guy that took his team to the super bowl and then it's kind of down here downhill from there when you talk about the franchise quarterback as a star receiver and then you know you lose running backs and stuff so I, I can see where that, you know, but Dan Quinn, that is a that is a good name to mention, and uh, he's got to be a uh, hot candidate for a, a head job, I would think. And I guess you know the Cowboys are looking good right now. A lot of Cowboys fans, and I know us fans outside the Cowboys world, looked at Mike McCarthy as a fool. He and, still is, and, and you can still see him as a fool. He's a big bumbling idiot. But, the, but they're, you know, especially Jerry Jones is not going to get rid of a guy who's winning right now, and that's what Mike McCarthy's doing somehow. But if I mean if you're a Cowboys fan, I think Cowboys fans really like Dan Quinn, and for Kenny to put his name out there, 
I mean, if Mike McCarthy was in a situation where his seat was hot and he was gone, I mean, I think that's a guy that uh, Cowboys Nation would want as their head coach, a Dan Quinn type guy. I bet they uh, don't want to lose him right now. Yeah. For sure. In terms of losing the coach a little bit, for sure. Stan, I know Stan. Uh, Stan knows me. Says, yes, Petey definitely needs to be a captain. Did I miss something? Why does he not come out with a sword anymore? Hmm. Chandler, why does Petey not come out with a sword anymore? Where are you seeing Stan's comment? Well, Chandler, what are we streaming on right now? What platforms? Facebook and YouTube. All right. What are you looking at? I'm at YouTube now. Okay. Um. Okay. All right. I don't see. All right. Anyway. Oh, maybe Stan, since me and him are such good buds, he's just, this is like a DM. He doesn't want you to see it. Oh, and that's fine. I, I mean, to East their own Stan. I mean, whatever. Uh, you know, So the, you know this Stan personally? Stan Briggs, yeah. Oh, Stan Briggs. Oh, my guy. My dude. No, he's not. Why doesn't Petey carry a sword out? I, guess, I don't know. Is that Steve? I, I would ask Petey, but he doesn't talk. I, <laughs> that's a great point. I tried to do that when I was six years old, and I said, hey, dude, talk talk back to me. Say something. I went to his birthday party. I, I had the, I mean. You went to Petey's I had the audacity. Spring game, pigskin pig out. It was Petey's birthday. I was like four or five years old. I didn't know that. Gave him a high five. There was a cake there. There was a cake for Petey. I said, hey, happy birthday, Petey. Didn't say a word back. Wow. So what the hell is this all about? <laughs> anyway, I mean, where is the sword? Randy says Petey was fired 25 years ago. Petey was fired? I don't know what that means. You know how many people would like take pride and say, I was a Petey back in 1982? Oh, yeah. I've, I've met a few Petys. Randolph says uh, he would like to have Sean Payton. Sean Payton, number one on my list. And I have a lot of people that I know personally, and it, you know, they how say many? They, they don't want how lot, many? a lot. Like, how many? I have a little over 500 friends on Facebook, but um, <laughs> and not all of them are personal friends. Sick brag. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Whatever. Uh, but yeah. Man, you're a popular guy. I am. I am. Look, I go everywhere, and people are like, hey, you're that dude. I'm like, hey, man, I know. You're like, you're, they're like, hey, you're him. And I'm like, I'm him. I am him. I'm him. Hey, he's I'm him. him. I'm Himothy. <laughs> C3, Tony. I'm Hemi, I'm Hemi Neutron. Let's throw it down to Tony. Tony says, Clip is standing for Stan. I always stand for Stan. Because if you don't stand for Stan, you'll fall for anything. That's what I was always told. I'll tell you what, man. Steve's got the worst coming to the D, man. Jay Gruden to the Panthers. Tell you what, man. I don't hate Jay Gruden, the offensive coordinator. I didn't love him as a head coach i mean they had some good offenses there though. was he y'all's offensive coordinator and then got promoted or was he uh, where was he at before nah Jay gruden nah he was somewhere previously when we hired him oh he was uh oh because i wanted uh zimmer mike zimmer they were both on the Bengals. jay was the coordinator for the oh. Bengals offense zimmer was the coordinator for the Bengals defense i wanted zimmer he went to minnesota 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 and now of course he's gone jay's long gone marvin lewis is long gone they're all long gone because you know what nfl stands for not for long not for long i made that up just now that was good thank you that was good 
All right. Uh, Noah says, since UCF, Houston, and Cincinnati are leaving the American, do you guys think ECU will have a chance to take over the conference and be one of the best G5 teams in the country? <laughs> Was that funny? <laughs> I mean, it's, he wants us to say yes. It's a leading question. Yeah. Was that supposed to be funny? Because we can say yes now, and then things go downhill, and then people look back at the day. But that is a say, very loaded question. I mean... Do they you want to think that it, it, you go they, back? You got to you got to keep out the words. Have a chance because of course they have a chance. But take over the conference. What does that mean? Does that mean like finish first one year? Or does that mean like dominate? I, what because, I take by that is basically it being East Carolina every single year. No, and then everybody. It ain't gonna be it, that way. That, all right, and yeah, I disagree with that. I mean, I, I I agree with that. I disagree. What about Tulane? What about Memphis? What about Navy that kicked our ass? I would love for us to dominate, but I don't think we'll dominate. Do I think we'll finish at or near the top? We should. That's the expectation next year. It's got to be to win the league. Be one of the best G5 teams in the country? Well, the American is the best conference, so next year you're going to be looking at the usual suspects like Boise State, who I think is down this year. But, like, somebody in the Mountain West, Fresno State or San Diego State, something like that. Fun Belt. You got the Fun Belt teams. Nobody in the MAC. So, yeah, I mean, uh, ECU will be in the conversation. We just got to keep winning. But I I do think that, yeah, you look at the standings right now. Who's next up with those teams out? Tulane and East Carolina. Does Tulane hold on to Willie Fritz? Does uh, what do we look like with a new quarterback next year? No Winstead. A lot more questions than answers. Yeah. from that question, and that question's like a dangerous gun. It's loaded. It's like uh, how I like my baked potatoes. Loaded. <laughs> Thank you, Noah. All right. Anything else? We need to take a break. Uh, it's like my nachos. Loaded. Very loaded question from Noah. Mike P, with teams focusing more on Zay and CJ, think we see a big Ryan Jones game soon? I'm shocked we didn't see it last week. I know. Especially when I heard Holt Naylor say they were focusing on CJ and Isaiah. Where's Ryan Jones? Where was Ryan Jones at? Where he at? I mean, the productivity that we saw from this guy the first four or five games. Uh, what, a touchdown every single game for the first four or five games? Then he had the he one, that got, quiet. Yeah, one that got called back, and ever since I tweeted about it, it's been downhill. That was at Tulane, right? So that's on oh, me. Ah, wow. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, he can have a big game any day, but I'm still kind of scratching my head as to why he didn't have a, a big game on Friday night, knowing what we know now and the way that uh, BYU's defense was playing. Tyler says that question's uh, like he likes his hash browns from Waffle House. Loaded. Loaded, baby. Loaded gun. Loaded. Shirley Rhodes, open up that booty bag. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. 317-1250. What are we giving away on this Thursday? Um, let's do... Gosh, I can't even remember the first year. Gosh. Let's for two at tiebreakers. 
Oh, L for T at TB. The breaker, baby. And if you were there on Sunday, you saw a disappointed Chandler Honeycutt. Let me tell you. Man, I got a text from an old uh, Washington buddy who moved to Raleigh earlier today, and he said, "What do you say?" Well, I can't read that. Interested in going to a bar in Greenville Sunday to watch the game? Let's bleep some bleep up. Oh man. He's ready. I said, that could be arranged. <laughs> and he said, what's the spot? And I said, if I go out, it'll probably be the breaker. The breaker, baby. Tie breakers. Lunch for two on the line. Shirley, what color are you looking for? I'm going to go with color six. What were you going to do, bit boy? I was going to just compliment tie breakers. I got six traditional wings. I wasn't that hungry, but I needed something to eat. And uh, our great waitress, Blair, I said, Blair, if you don't mind, tell the chef to cook me up six of your best traditional wings, medium sauce, extra crispy, and by golly, they were awesome. So shout out to tiebreakers. Everybody loves burgers, but everybody loves wings. 317-1250, we're back after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back and congratulations to Adam Vivaret of Greenville. Picked up a uh, lunch for two courtesy of Tiebreakers. Tiebreakers is open every day. At 11 a.m. and is the best place to watch your favorite sports while enjoying the best wings in town, along with sandwiches, appetizers, cold beer, and more. Follow Tiebreakers on uh, Facebook and Instagram for daily updates. Tiebreakers in Greenville at Bells Fork and in downtown Winterville on Railroad Street. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. All right, I've enjoyed the hour three Q and A. Somebody uh, ask us like two or three more questions to get us through the show, and then uh, we'll play Mike Houston audio on Friday. The video, by the way, the entire Mike Houston press conference from Wednesday is available on Pirate Radio social media accounts. Look for us, uh, Pirate Radio TV on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed. I do have something to take up our time for the next thirty seconds to a minute, maybe. But uh, news breaking in the past hour regarding former Hornet Miles Bridges. He Mm. took a no-contest plea and will have three years of probation and will serve no jail time. Hmm. So is he, like, back on the team? That's a good question. I forgot all about him. Three years of probation. I like, can can you play basketball? I mean, I don't know. Does he play with, like, an ankle monitor? I mean, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Uh, I got a question, Chandler. Uh, you can have, and don't say any brands, restaurants, anything like that. You can have, uh, so they're they're putting up a new tent, kiosk, whatever you want to call it, up at uh, at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, right where we, uh, right at the bottom of Section 3, right when we walk out into the concourse area. Uh-huh. And um, it can be any kind of food, any dish, any bowl, any sandwich anything and they're starting to sell it at dowdy ficklin stadium what would you choose what do you think the answer is going to be wings absolutely so you get some good, good have wings. A, a wing bar like a wing up. bar have nothing but wings now you know how much those wings are going to cost at dowdy ficklin stadium man it's going to be a pretty penny for five probably like 15 bucks for five it, hey it's going to be a pretty penny 
but I'm going to be in a pretty good mood. So give me those wings, brother. I say you have them like a, you have them ready to go. You have them in sections with different sauces. You can do barbecue, honey barbecue, hot barbecue, buffalo, you know, spicy garlic, and say, hey, I want, I don't know, give me, let me give me, give me eight wings, spicy garlic. Boom. They just go out of there, pick it out. Boom. It's done. Uh, wow, this is crazy. Mike P says, didn't KCP play with an ankle monitor years ago? So I Googled Contavious Caldwell Pope ankle monitor. Uh, KCP played for the Lakers while serving a jail sentence in 2017. He played games with an ankle monitor. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Welcome back to the Hornets, Miles, Miles Bridges. I don't want him on the Hornets. Shirley, one dish bowl sandwich food item and they're starting to serve it at uh Minji's Coliseum when you do PA for uh volleyball and you walk out there what is it what food item don't say a restaurant or a brand just give me a, a food item a food item that is currently not being sold yeah that you would uh you would purchase mozzarella sticks hmm so chandler's going wing bar shirley's going mozzarella sticks or like app bar maybe yeah kind of yeah. like a, like an app bar so like your finger mo- food bar you know you yep. could do that i mean they serve like fries right so like you could yeah, throw the mozzarella sticks. mozzarella sticks maybe some maybe a small order of like potato skins yeah steve has loaded a good one. potato that's not skins. a bad idea steve has cheesesteaks i thought about that one cheesesteaks hey now, that's uh, a good one cheesesteaks is not bad they're pretty quick to cook hey phyllis Pass me one of them cheese steaks, darling. All the way or just plain? All the way. All the way, Phyllis. Just like your pretty face. Just like I love that Noah's question a while ago. Loaded. <laughs> Give me the cheese steak loaded. Uh, I don't mind that. How about a to-go plate of uh, a big old slab of lasagna? Mm. Just plop it on my plate. And I'll, I tell you what's and I'll re- walk to Daddy Ficklin Stadium up the steps with my lasagna in hand. I tell you what's really good at ECU baseball games and they probably I guess they it's Aramark I guess they serve it maybe at ECU football I'm not sure but the waffle fries bacon chili cheese fries the fries the fries you have to rise to the standard of the, the fries the fries are really good it's a really good bunch Clark LeClaire Stadium really good Ugh, so good they have good fries they have really good fries it's a really good bunch a really good bunch they compete their freaking tails off their freaking tails off yeah alright any more questions are we going to get to Mike Houston today? No, we'll do it tomorrow. We're going to have to rise to the standard because we didn't get to me today. We're we, gonna, didn't, we, we didn't get to me today. We're going to double up on Tony's tomorrow. We got touchdown Tony Collins and touchback Tony Dunn. You'll have me, Mike Houston. You'll be. I'll be here. We'll uh, have Mike Houston comments. Beaten. And uh, it's going to be a fun Friday, guys, because we got Saturday off. Rock on, baby. It's going to be a fun Friday for me tomorrow. Why? Because ha- I'm going to come here and do the show. And then about about 4.45-ish. You scooting on out of here? I'm scooting on out of here. EC Volleyball is in action tomorrow night, starting at 6 o'clock. And yours truly will be on the PA. Point Pirates. All right, cool. Who are they playing? 
have no idea all right that's my man best pa man in the biz chandler honeycutt <laughs> all right let's uh wrap it up we will talk to you friday three o'clock on an all-new edition of pirate radio live thanks to i go for coming on joining us for some picks kevin monroe talking pirate football nate connor dh conley head football coach good luck to coach connor and the high school teams playing playoff football this friday night and boy if you missed it check out hour one of today's show with parker bird what a uh fantastic young man uh very brave young man told his story to us today and uh that is available now for you to go check out facebook and youtube we will be back here on a free beer and football friday edition of pirate radio live we'll talk to you then for shirley chan and the crew here i'm clip brock so long everybody thanks for listening to pirate radio live an exclusive presentation of the voice of the pirate nation